Blog Talk Radio. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling stuff, but I know I can be with you for the night, alright? Is that alright, baby?
Given what most Americans believe, the next statement may be more shocking than any previous. The fact is, the United States is not a country, but a corporation contractually created by the Constitution. Your state is a country, per the law, and your original citizenship is of that country. Our founders instituted themselves to be first and foremost citizens of their respective states. As of 1787, those states already had formed a union, and they created the Constitution for the purpose of perfecting that union in forming a national government. They did not intend that the new nation have any jurisdiction or powers over the states or their citizens that were not specifically enumerated in the Constitution. They stated this point quite clearly in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution. They granted the United States exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10 miles square as may become the seat of the government of the United States, our District of Columbia, and to exercise authority over all places purchased by the consent of the states. And that is all. The framers further secured the rights of the people with the Ninth and Tenth Amendments in the Bill of Rights. In the Ninth, they established that the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. And in the Tenth, they made clear that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. The only way the federal government can have any jurisdiction beyond these constitutional clauses is by written permission or contract. Which leads us to another piece of the puzzle, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, ratified in 1868 following the Civil War. As barbaric as it may sound today, the black slaves prior to the conclusion of the Civil War were legally considered to be property with none of the rights or privileges of free-born people, only duties. The money interests took advantage of America's desire to free the slaves and found a way to use the swiftly adopted post-war constitutional amendments to enslave all of the people. The deceit is in the wording of both the 13th and 14th Amendments. You will note that the 13th Amendment provides that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the United States. But why the emphasis on involuntary servitude? Isn't it the same thing as slavery? Sure it is. But they had to mention the concept of involuntary servitude because they wished to retain another type of slavery, voluntary servitude. Voluntary servitude is an ancient and established concept it was the way serfs became subjects to their lords during feudal times in England and other European countries. It was a way for free men to earn a living at a time when all property was held by a select few, and thus anyone who wanted to farm and support their family had first to agree to be subject to a lord of the land. Our forefathers hated this concept and designed our Constitution to exclude titles of nobility, making all Americans sovereign. The 14th Amendment turned the intention of the founders on its ear by making voluntary servitude a requirement for former slaves to gain the rights already guaranteed to free-born United States citizens. 
When the slaves were released from their involuntary servitude following the war, their status was changed from that of being property to that of being a person. But being a person still entitled them to none of the rights associated with citizenship. So the 14th Amendment ostensibly was written to provide the former slaves with the same constitutional rights of freeborn American citizens, but only if they agreed first to become subject to the jurisdiction of the corporate United States, making oneself paramountly, that is, first subject to the jurisdiction of the laws of the United States, however, limits access to parts of the Bill of Rights, as we'll explain in a moment. But first remember, anyone who voluntarily subjects himself to the laws or jurisdiction of another is, in every way, obligated to abide by the terms of any contracts or laws established by whomever establishes the rules of the contract. In simple terms, this meant that the former slaves became subjects first to the United States and secondly to the state in which they lived. They had no sovereignty whatsoever. This status had never existed in the United States prior to that time. The 14th Amendment created a new class of citizenship in the United States, a second-class citizenship. Up until 1868, every American was a paramount citizen of their state, and by virtue of that, also a citizen of the United States, with full individual sovereignty as guaranteed by Amendments 9 and 10 in the Bill of Rights. But so-called naturalized citizens, or 14th Amendment citizens, are paramountly subject to all laws of the United States and, having no status as freeborn citizens, have no access at all to the unenumerated rights retained for the people by Articles 9 and 10 of the Bill of Rights. That's because, in order to get any rights at all, they had to subject themselves to the jurisdiction of the corporate United States, which left them no unenumerated rights. The only rights they had were those specifically written into the Constitution. The sad tragedy of America today is that all U.S. citizens, regardless of race, are now 14th Amendment slaves due to contracts with the government of the United States through Social Security, birth certificates, driving licenses, citizenship statements, tax forms, and many other documents. The true paramount citizenship that all Americans deserve is that of their respective state, which is a sovereign citizenship. Such status would exempt them from federal and state income taxes, as well as property and inheritance taxes. This sovereign citizenship was the status held by our forefathers. Now, if you're still thinking that the U.S. government needs to have a central bank and collect income tax or it will collapse, think again. Over two-thirds of the federal government's income is derived from sources other than income tax. There is even evidence suggesting that none of your income tax is used by the government. Fees, excise taxes, tariffs, sales taxes, and other forms of income have easily supported the U.S. budget in the past and could easily support it now. We have done without a national bank for large stretches of our history, and the U.S. Treasury is perfectly capable of printing and managing a money supply. In fact, the only constitutionally sanctioned currency is backed by gold or other precious metals. This is a far more stable form of currency and is the type of money the Treasury was designed to handle.
The government was doing so well collecting money under these original laws that it had amassed a huge surplus by the time this cartoon was penned a hundred years later in 1887, when there still was no income tax collected at all. Up to this point, we have shown you how the money interests have, one, established the Federal Reserve System, and two, exploited a second class of citizenship created by the 14th Amendment for other purposes. And we have mentioned a few names involved in the creation of the Fed. But there are other organizations working for our economic enslavement as well, along with other extremely rich and powerful international bankers. Those who support the Fed have created a global movement to centralize economic power in various puppet organizations that preach peace and stability through some variation of socialism, but act aggressively to draw nations into a web of foreign debt and servitude to their agenda. The United Nations, the World Monetary Fund, and the Council on Foreign Relations are all committed to an agenda of world domination through manipulation of economic power. The Council on Foreign Relations openly admits to being a private club, yet it is the primary recruiting post in both international banking and the federal government of the United States. Richard Nixon, Nelson Rockefeller, John Foster Dulles, Dean Rusk, Alger Hiss, Robert S. McNamara, and every president since FDR, with the exception of John Kennedy, have been members of this exclusive club where super financiers and your elected representatives can mix freely and plan the next step in the consolidation of power in a new world order. You know, happiness is a dimension of our own nature. Happiness, from a spiritual point of view, is not based on conditions or circumstances. Innately, we're happy beings. We're spiritual beings. So that means that happiness and joy are already built within. And as we're growing spiritually, we are removing filters from seeing or feeling the happiness that's already there. When we're somewhat blocked, happiness is conditioned. We say, well, I got a new car, therefore I'm happy. Or this person didn't call me back, therefore I'm unhappy. And so it's conditioned-based. But as we mature spiritually, and we begin to touch into our real nature and being, we notice that we're happy, regardless of what's going on. Something bad happens, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. Uh, someone doesn't call us back, some plan doesn't work out, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. So that's a sign of spiritual maturity. So can we define happiness as the way to transform every emotion? and transform it in, to feel something right? Yes, you, you can uh, basically, you, you discover your happiness when you're able to see that in every circumstance there is possibility, there's potential, and there's an energy behind it pushing you to a greater expression of, of, of who and what you really are. People become frustrated and unhappy if they feel there's no way out if they feel that every road is blocked. But in reality, with a capital R, there's no such world. No world like that exists. We're surrounded by infinite possibilities. And so, with a shift of perception and attitude, 
you begin to see those possibilities. And those possibilities uh, invite us uh, to activate potential within us. Uh, the gifts and talents within us that are latent, the possibilities invite us to activate, to discover and activate those, those possibilities. So again, then happiness would be us uh, becoming more ourselves. That'd be a very blissful state, you see. So it doesn't deny that bad things happen in the world. It doesn't deny that people die. People die on us. You know, people leave. Jobs change. It doesn't deny that. But when we come to an understanding that even with all the changes that are going on in the phenomenal world, there's still something about us that's permanent. There's something about us that's forever. And that part of us that's forever is spiritual, which means it never, it never began and it will never end. And as we become more and more identified with that, identified not just in, with a belief system, but identified that with some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of focus, some kind of intention, then our life takes on a whole different, a whole different vibration. How we can overcome the fear of rejection? Rejection is paying too much attention. The fear of rejection is paying too much attention to what other people are thinking about you and other, what other people are thinking about what you're thinking about. And people live in that kind of a bubble. I wonder if that person likes me. I wonder if this person appreciates me. And those are, uh, that's the wrong mode of being in the world. You have to think about what the universe thinks about you. And the universe thinks you're important. The, the, whatever name you want to use, you can say the universe, you can say the cosmos, you can say God, whatever. What, what, is, what does the universe think of you? And because you were created, you have meaning, you are important, you're worthy, you're worthwhile, because you weren't made accidentally, you weren't just accidentally made. Uh, nature didn't just come together and accidentally make you, you know. Uh, there was a perfect idea behind you with c complete potential and possibility uh, to be activated. So you have to begin to think about, we all have to begin to think about, how does the universe think about me? Not how does that person over there think about me? Not how those group of people over there think about me. That's a waste of my time. Then I start to people please. I start to do things to make them like me. And, and, which may take away from my mission, may take away from my authenticity, it may take away from my, my powers, because I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. And they're thinking about what I'm thinking about. Everybody's thinking about what other people are thinking about what they're thinking about. <laughs> no. And what difference do you, do you see between pay attention to others yes. and learn from feedback of others? Yeah. Yeah, you can learn from feedback from others. I'm not overly concerned about what others are thinking about me because I'm, I'm living my passion and my purpose and my intention. And then life gives me feedback. If, if I'm being stubborn in some area, then, then, then there'll be some feedback from either life itself or from people. If, if I'm being arrogant, you'll get the feedback. If you're being wishy-washy, you get the feedback. So you learn how to pay attention. And, you know, as you, as you mature, and become more comfortable with yourself, you're able to take criticism. And what happens is uh, you start paying, uh, you start seeing, what, what, what they're called the two imposters, criticism and praise. There are people that praise you and people that criticize you. But after a while, you don't really care about either one of them. They're called imposters. And so if somebody's criticizing you and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, shut up, whatever, <laughs> you, 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 you don't care. It's like, thank you for your feedback, you know. And if somebody says, oh, you're the greatest, 
you're the greatest. You, 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 you're the best. He said, thank you, for your, thank you for your feedback. You start treating both the same because you're not trying to get something from the people. You're giving a gift to the people. You're getting your information and your energy directly from the life force. You see, you're getting fed by life. Life is giving you information and you're sharing it. And if people don't want it and they say, ah, it's a bunch of baloney, thank you. I won't give it to you, you know. And if somebody says, I want it, thank you. Here it is. But after a while, praise and criticism, you don't really care because you're, you're, you're becoming so in tune inside of yourself. Yeah. It's, like, it's like if you are a mathematician and you know that 10 plus 10 is 20. You know it. It's not an opinion. You know it. And you stand in front of a group and you start to do your math and somebody says, I don't believe that. What are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, thank you. You know, you know 10 plus 10 is 20. You say, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> They're giving you feedback where you need to grow. Because when you get out here as a public figure, people talk about you. If you do really good, they talk about you more. You do really, really good, they talk about you really, really more. It, it goes with scale. And then you learn this. Um, mediocrity attacks excellence all the time. And so if you're seeking to live a, an excellent life, those who have agreement with mediocrity, they attack you because you're making them uncomfortable. They want to stay small, so they attack people who are trying to do big things. Let's talk about the law of attraction. According to you, how we can use the law of attraction? Well, the, the basic, first start with the basics. The basic law is what you chronically think about is what you bring about in your experience. A thought is a unit of mental energy. Energy can never be created or destroyed. Energy just keeps changing itself into higher or lower expressions. So if you're constantly thinking negative, you know, uh, life is hard and, and then you die. There's not enough good jobs around. Uh, there's no... Decrease crisis. Yeah, there's, everything is working. Then you, your, your body temple gets that message. The cells of your, of your body begin to hear that. It starts to produce, produce toxic chemicals. Your immune system starts to become unhinged, starts to be, be impaired. Your thinking starts to go down because of the toxic chemicals. And you start to bring about what you're thinking about. You become sick, uh, not as much energy, so therefore your opportunities are depleted. Uh, your energy is down, critical thinking goes down, and then you start to bring about that negativity that you're describing. But you change it around, and you begin to say, you know, I'm surrounded uh, by opportunities. Life is good. Everything is working together for my good. I, 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 I'm surrounded by infinite opportunities. Uh, prosperity is right here. And then what happens? When you start to say that, your mood is lifted. Tonic chemicals and endorphins start to go through the body starts to amplify your immune system, your thinking becomes more clearer, you start to see life differently, opportunities, you start to see opportunities that you couldn't see before, possibilities open up that you didn't even know about because your attitude has changed and what looks like the law of attraction is simply you lifting your vibration so that you can see the potential that's here. And then we call it the law of attraction but what it really is, I call it the law of, the law of radiation law of emergence because what you're doing is allowing that which is within you to come out and and to radiate and to emerge and to express and then in the physical form 
good things happen and it looks like it's a, you're attracting it, but what's really happening is you're radiating it and what you're radiating is becoming visible. Listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. You know what free is, nigga? What's free? What's free is what nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my niggas I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my niggas stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be. Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet. Told my niggas I need you. Stay up, I know these times ain't true. Real life, what's just free? Just so I was cunning, just got a pad out in London. I keep stacking my money, I need a ladder by summer. 8K shots, niggas ducking straight shots. Been a top dog, that's before the Kate dots. Cracking in 06, immaculate showmanship. Talking like you Mitch, disastrous on the strip. Holding on your bitch, could've never sold you a brick. With them people, you never been on the list. Mona Lisa to me ain't nothing but a bitch. Hanging pictures like niggas swinging from his dick. We so different, you thought these didn't exist. The Megalodon never seen on his wrist. I'm from the south where they never make it this rich. God is the greatest, but Satan been on his shit. Walking the pavement, I pray I'm illuminated. Over a decade and never nobody's favorite. Pot and kilo go hand in hand like we gambling huff. My amigo a million grams when we count them enough. You was dead broke, I let you hold it back. You paid for it, but I fuck around and stole the track. Screaming gang gang, now you wanna rap. Racketeering charges caught him on the tap. Looking for a bond, lawyers wanna tap. Purple hair, got them faggots on your back. Free. free is what nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my niggas I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my niggas stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be. Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet. Told my niggas I need you. Stay up, I know these times ain't true. Real life, we're yeah. free. Fed investigations heard they plotting like I trapped. 20 million cash, they know I got that off a rap. Maybe it's the Michael Rubens or the Robert Crafts. Or the billionaire from Marcy in the way they got my back. Uh, see how I prevailed and now they try to knock me back. Uh, block me in the cell for all them nights and I won't snap. Uh, 250 a show and they still think I'm selling crack. Uh, when you bring my name up to the judge, just tell them facts. Tell them how we funding all these kids to go to college. Tell them how we teaching all these boys stopping violence. Trying to fix the system in the way that they designed it. I think they want me silent. Oh, say you can see. I don't feel like I'm free. Locked down in my cell, shackled from ankle to feet. Judge banging that gavel turned me to slave from a king. Another day in the bing. I gotta hang from a string. Just for popping a willy. My people march to the city. From a cell to a chopper, view from the top of the city. You can tell how we rockin' soon as I pop up. We litty poppin' like Bad Boy in 94. Be poppin' and diddy and niggas countin' me out. Like my account ain't busy. That's 5 million 20. Sit up and count till I'm dizzy. Pay the 500,000. Hundred round in the city. If we beefin' a rabbit, I might just pop up with Drizzy. Like what's free? Free is what nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. 
told my niggas I need you Through all the pain, you know I stay true Pray my niggas stay free Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet Told my niggas I need you Stay up, I know these times ain't true Real life was free In the land of the free where the blacks enslaved Three-fifths of a man, I believe, is the phrase I'm 50% of Doucet and it's that free, yeah 100% of Ace of Spade, worth half a beat. Ooh. Rock Nation, half of that, that's my piece. 100% of title to bust it up with my cheese. Uh, smokes my niggas won't ever work together. You run a checker, but they never give you leverage. No red hat, don't Michael and Prince me and yay. They separate you when you got Michael and Prince's DNA. Uh, I ain't one of these house niggas you bought. My house like a resort, my house bigger than yours, my spot. Come on, man. My route better, of course, we started without food in our mouth They gave us pork and pig intestines Shit you discarded that we ingested We made the project a wave, you came back, reinvested and gentrified it Took niggas since the pride, now how that's free And them people stole the soul and hit niggas with 360s I ain't got a billion streams, got a billion dollars Inflating numbers like we po' be happy about this We was praising Billboard, but we were young Now I look at Billboard like, is you dumb? To this day, grandma afraid what I might say They gon' have to kill me, grandmama, I'm not their slave <laughs> Check out the bazaar, rapping style used by me The HOV, look at my hair free, carefree Niggas ain't nair free, enjoy your change What's your employer name with the hairpiece? I survived a hood, can't no shotgun rob me My account's so good, I'm practically living tax-free Factory, that's me, sold drugs, got away, got free That's a C-C-E, copy, guilt-free Steal me and expect me to not feel away To this day, you would say, yeah, kill me Sucker-free, no shucking me I don't job turkey, say happy Thanksgiving Shit sound like a murder to me Smoke-free, all of y'all calling out toll-free Label rob you for millions, yet you wanna put a hole in me Sugar-free, season but I'm so free You lay a hand on hold my shooter Shoot for free I promise World War 3 Send an order through a hands free Kill you in 24 hours The shorter you can't ignore the hand speed On guard it's off the head This improv but it's no comedy Sign I fail Hell nah <laughs> Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Law. Put on the mind of God is what you have to do. What does that mean? Go get something. You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. Becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, you'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. Undivided. Unbroken. Complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is, this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. 
I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can, I know how, I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it. Because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously. It doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If your subconscious keeps making you make mistakes, it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G-O-D right now. I am master, able, and noble right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G-O-D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you is supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... You, what do you mean not many? We got... So many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking poor. Quit thinking I don't have it. I don't, I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win 20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible. And the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got to close the book, the Spirit told her, don't close that book. Write them numbers down. <laughs> and, and, and carried them to the window. Wait a minute. I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money. Because a penny is money. And he'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> Damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? 
Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. You know, I'm sick. It's okey-doke. I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. <laughs> quit going for okey-doke. You hear me? Now, I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always Listen, when you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for. When you stop listening to your own truth, take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way. And one way only, by desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream. Desire is the law of mind in action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire. If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not. Um, I just want to have you to have a look at this, this graph. To frame it, it's UK private debt since 1880. And you can see what happens around the Great Depression. Uh, and then suddenly Thatcher comes to power private debt takes off. Richard, uh, financial sector, a, a bloated or a dominant financial sector, its effect in your view on the real economy? First of all, it's interesting that um, the national income accountants who think a lot about the overall economy, how to measure it and how to you know, structure the data, they actually have been struggling for decades with uh, the question what to do with the financial sector. Why? Because uh, GDP is actually created by national income accounting by adding up value-added activities. And that's where the financial sector has a problem. What is the value added? Um, and it's, it's been so difficult that essentially the um, national accounting statisticians have to make up a fictional value and just add it onto GDP and say, okay, that's, we can say that maybe is, is what the financial sector is doing. Because essentially, there is no value added, there's value extracted. And so, really, you need to subtract it from GDP.
has the finance sector, the fire sector, has it become a cost centre? Because is, is, there, as, you know, is there a sweet spot where it's actually serving humanity, society and facilitating business? And when it becomes a profit generator in and of itself, it becomes detrimental to the wider, to the wider world. Start with you. Well, exactly. Um, even the mainstream textbooks in finance, banking and macro-monetary economics will, will show banks as financial intermediaries. Now, there's, there's a problem with that. It's clear there is a high price that we're paying for this, what should be a humble intermediation service that's being performed. And the salaries that are being paid are uh, you know, famously very high, which is very strange if they're just intermediaries. Logically, where does that end up? I think there's a structural problem. That is the concentration of the banking sector. So in the UK, five banks account for 90% of deposits, which is one of the most concentrated banking systems in the world. In Germany, um, those high street banks account for 12% of deposits, and 70% of deposits are accounted for by 1,500 local not-for-profit community banks. There is a general tendency when an organization gets large and larger and larger and gets very big, um, essentially decisions are made without accountability and the temptations of power strike. Lord Acton famously put it this way, you know, um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So when you have very large banks and only five of them dominating the economy and through the political mechanism and the already financial sector centered political system and political infrastructure you know the city of london having a person in parliament that is not elected the remembrance uh, and in you know, all these rights of the square mile as a sovereign state in you know, all these things and the queen needs permission and to go there right? exactly and so what you will get is large banks only wanting to deal with large customers in order to do large deals and that's also where you get the large bonuses. Well, we've done a study on the US which has the biggest banking sector in the world over 15,000 banks of all sizes and shapes. The very large banks deal with the very large customers give very large loans. The medium-sized banks give medium-sized loans. Who is lending to small firms? It is only the small banks. Now the UK doesn't have those. So the structure has become too concentrated and what is badly needed in the UK is decentralization. One has to break up the, the financial sector and um, have much smaller units because small banks, community banks are locally accountable. You can't suddenly do a crazy project or you know, big corruption because people see what you're doing. But I think you'd argue for decentralized banking system, wouldn't you? Even though you're a city devotee. I'd like Richard to comment on this because I am, and I, as I'm sure Richard is, but We've had our Metro Banks, we've had our Aldermores, we've had our One Savings. Challenger Banks, all Challenger, the Challenger, Challenger Banks. Bank. We've had uh, Handels Bank, or Handels Bank, and it's done a fantastic job, but it's still tiny. Exactly. Now, they will stay tiny. The ones um, that are UK Challenger Banks and that are profit-oriented, you, know, you know why? Because the moment they get a bit bigger, yeah. they will be bought up and they will disappear. This is exactly what happened over the last yeah. 100 years. Richard, when you think about inequality, inequality in the UK, and it's a hot topic, and you think about, as you'd like the banking sector to be uh, decentralised, 
flatter structure, more resilient. How do you begin to uh, talk to the public or the political class about achieving those goals? Essentially, you know, if, if, if um, we want to produce something, we need funding. So there's a role for banks in almost everything that's happening in the economy. But what exactly is that role? I just quickly, I'd like to reflect on that. Banks are being thought of as intermediaries, but are this they? is not really what's happening. Banks, what, what are they then? They're creators of the money supply. So you're firmly of the view that banks create money out of thin air? Yes, well, I, I produced the first empirical studies to prove that um, in the 5,000-year history of banking. Banks are thought of as uh, deposit-taking institutions that lend money. The legal reality is banks don't take deposits and banks don't lend money. So what is a deposit? A deposit is not actually a deposit. It's not a bailment. It's not held in custody. Uh, at law, the word deposit is meaningless. The law courts and various judgments have made it very clear if you give your money to a bank, even though it's called a deposit, this money is simply a loan to the bank. That's true. Yeah. So there is no such thing as a deposit. So you think it's loans to the bank. Named, then. So mm. banks borrow from the public. Okay, so that much we've established. What about lending? Surely they're lending money. Um, no, they don't. Banks don't lend money. Banks, again, at law, it's very clear, they're in the business of purchasing securities. That's it. So you say, okay, don't you know, confuse me with all that legalese. No. I want a I, loan. I want a loan. Yeah. Fine. Here's the loan contract. Here's the offer letter. And you sign. At law, it's very clear, you have issued a security, namely a promissory note. And the bank is going to purchase that. That's what's happening at Put law. it in layman's terms. What does that mean? It means that um, what the bank is doing is very different from what it presents to the public that it's doing. How does this fit together? So you say, fine, the bank purchases my promissory note, but how do I get my money? I want, you know, it's a loan, I want 200 grand. Right? I don't care about the details, I want the money. The bank will say, well, you'll find it in your account with us. That would be technically correct. If they say, we'll transfer it to your account, that's wrong, because no money is transferred at all from anywhere inside the bank or outside the bank. Why? Because what we call a deposit is simply the bank's record of its debt to the public. Now, it also owes you money, and its record of the money it owes you is what you think you're getting as money. And that's all it is. And that is how the banks create the money supply. The money supply consists to 97% of bank deposits. And these are created out of nothing by banks when they lend, because they invent fictitious customer deposits. Why? They simply restate, slightly incorrectly in accounting terms, what is an accounts payable liability arising from the loan contract having purchased your promissory note as a customer deposit, but nobody has deposited any money. I wonder how the FCA deals with this, because in the financial sector you're supposed to not mislead your customers. <laughs> um, anyway, so the banks create the money supply yes. by inventing these claims on themselves, the you know, the fictitious deposits, that can be actually positive for the economy as long as this money creation is in line with the creation of new goods and services, uh, implementation of new technologies, and therefore adding value. And adding value in the economy is funded by this money creation. If that happens, and we're talking about um, business investment, productive loans, productive bank credit, you will have no inflation. These loans can also be serviced and repaid. And you have a stable economy without problems and with low inequality. And so countries that achieve this, that the banks lend mainly for productive purposes, whether it's Germany in much of its 200-year history, or 
um, in the last century, the East Asian economies where bank credit was largely for productive purposes then you're fine but there's two more cases I quickly need to point them out because that's the contrast. But, but just, just, just clarify that that inequality is, is significantly is lower? Lower yes. Inflation is if, low? If, yes. And, and, the real, and, the, and the real economy thrives. Is booming yes. That's when bank credit creation is focused on um, productive lending for productive purposes. As opposed to speculation and, and asset as, price. As opposed to, there are two other types. If banks create credit for consumption, it's yes. obvious what's going to happen. You suddenly have more money create, created and more demand for goods, but the same amount of goods and services. So you're creating consumer price inflation. Price That's goes. well understood, and, and central banks are watching that a little bit. And what's but what's, what's less well understood is, and what's the biggest in the UK, um, it's probably more than 70% of all lending, um, actually way more than that, um, is bank credit creation, so money creation uh, for financial transactions, for asset transactions, for purchasing ownership rights. Now then you have a problem. Why? Because you're creating new money, but you're not creating new goods and services. You're simply constant, aren't they? You're giving somebody new purchasing power over existing assets, and therefore you must push up asset prices. So this you can, you can draw a chart where you show you know, asset prices, land prices, property prices in the UK, and they will match very closely, as, as we have, I've shown in, in Japan and other countries. And that also creates the inequality. So when the, the banking sector has focused too much on unproductive lending, and the UK is dominant. It strikes me that what you're telling me, and tell me I'm wrong, is that lending, in order to get around this deposit stroke loan situation, needs to be categorized. You're right, exactly. Is that right? That's right. Um, we need to look at where the money is going. That makes a whole world of difference. So if money, is, is bank credit, is extended for productive purposes, you're fine. You'll get a good economy, no inflation, and financial stability. And also, you don't have this inequality problem. And do you think there should be different capital ratios towards no. each? No, the whole Basel capital approach doesn't work. Why? Because it's, it's premised on the idea that banks are just financial intermediaries. But they're not. They're money creators. We need bank regulation that recognizes reality of how the banks actually operate. So what you're saying, this is a regulation problem? Clearly, yes, it's a regulation problem. That's right. We need uh, different regulation. And the only regulation that actually has succeeded in, in history, and we have good data for the 20th century in particular, in preventing asset bubbles and banking crises, which are all driven by this bank credit for financial transactions. You know, leads to this asset boom, and it's, it's a game of musical chairs. You know, you have to play it. It's mm -hmm. rational to play it while the music is playing, which is how asset prices are driven by ever more bank credit for financial transactions. The moment it stops, asset prices fall. You get the first bankruptcies. Banks get risk-averse. The whole thing goes into reverse, and banks go bust. But you can avoid this, and the only regulation that has succeeded in avoiding this is guidance of bank credit. Simple rules. Um, the simplest form of bank credit guidance is to simply ban bank credit for um, financial transactions. It doesn't mean financial transactions are banned. No, let the speculators speculate and let them even borrow money, but not from banks. That would make a whole world who, of difference. Who do they borrow it from? Well, they can issue bonds or you know, borrow in the markets, whatever they want. But that's risk But they, they shouldn't get access to the public privilege of money creation. You I see? know what you mean, yeah. And that creates the problem, that creates the boom-bust cycles. But in some countries, they've succeeded in preventing this asset inflation. Which ones? Such as Germany, without even credit guidance, by having a banking structure, a banking system that's dominated by banks that 
don't want to do this financial speculation in the first place. These are the community banks. So Germany with 70% of banks. Would you call the Landes Bank? No, not the Landes Bank, the smaller ones, the 1,500. Volksbank and Raiffeisen Bank, okay. they're actually the main banks in Germany. There's so many of them, each is small, and they lend mainly for productive purposes to small and medium-sized enterprises. The Mittelstand, which has been the backbone of German economic success for the last 200 years despite wars and disasters, has only been successful because they also have to have local small banks funding them all the way through. That doesn't exist in the UK, and that's been why the small and medium-sized enterprise sector always has, has had a problem in the UK. So we're stuck with speculation and horrific property porn renovation shows. Well, the solution is, of course, to create these small banks. We need to create small banks. They're the natural lenders to small firms. The public wants stable growth, none of this boom-bust cycle, banking crisis, public money used to bail out banks. People don't want that. In Germany, these community banks, it's very interesting Dominant. because they've never used public money in these 200 years. Not a single one has ever been bailed out with public money, and no depositor has lost any money. Although, Richard, your argument is complex, principles are terribly simple. It is very simple. And although, you are, I although you are a little defeatist, I'm not. Def- you yeah, maybe I'm defeatist, I'm, but but I like it. But uh, it's just the idea of. <laughs> can I put it? Go on. Getting, getting through the regulatory, they are so reluctant. But that's why it is hard work. But that's, hard why work. We, that's why we got you in. We're going we're gonna to have you I think it's, uh, it's, I, think, I, I have to say, uh, this has been brilliantly explained. Has the UK got a finance cast? Is it a trick question? Because the UK doesn't have finance. The city of London has, and it's not part of the UK. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. It's international, is right. The city of London is outside the United Kingdom. Do you know that? It's, it's really shocking, and it, therefore it's also not part of the EU, which explains uh, the. It couldn't be part of the EU because you have to have democratic elections, and the city of London doesn't, right? It's, it's the banks that have the votes, right? Right. Per staff, you know. I the know, voting like that. I never knew. How do you how do you start yeah. unpicking this puzzle? I never knew. That's <laughs> very useful piece of information. And of course, it's not part <laughs> it's of the. It's a pretty dangerous piece of information. And it's not part of the UK because the Queen is not allowed to enter without permission. She's not the sovereign, therefore it's not part of the UK. You know, of course that's since you know 1688. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. stared at it, marveled at its beauty, its genius. Billions of people just living out their lives, oblivious. Did you know that the first Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world where none suffered? where everyone would be happy. It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world, but I believe that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. The perfect world was a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from, which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this, the peak of your civilization. And I say your civilization, 
Because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You've had your time. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet, you are a plague, and we are the cure. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I have somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive. Isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. My key. There are people that's awake, and there's people asleep. Now, most people on this planet are asleep. So, let's break it to the least common anomaly. Let's say the black community. We, it used to they say 5%. <laughs> you no, know, it's like old point something now. That's right. You see, that's asleep. So you're going to be lonely because the simple fact that people are asleep. Now, how is this? You have a chakra system in your body. And these are nine wheels of consciousness. Most, uh, uh, excuse me, seven wheels of consciousness. There's like 160 chakras, but seven major chakras, just like there's seven African powers. <clears throat> now, what has happened here to give you a scientific element of what's going on so that you can clear this up so you don't have to go and be trying to holler at somebody and they laugh at you and they don't want to hear that shit? Because your family will beat you down and niggas in the street will beat you down. You're going to try to give them a message. <laughs> now, had you around here crazy. Now, the chakra system 
The lowest chakra is your sacral vertebrae. That's your root chakra. And that's where the majority of the people's um, consciousness is. On the root chakra. So the only thing that they can get down with is desires. What feels good, what tastes good, what smells good, what looks good, what sounds good. Yes. You see, the, Lord the basic sen- uh, senses. You see, on that particular level, they are called the automatons, which means automation. Okay. They move in, but they they're brain dead. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't even get into this particular consciousness that you can partake to understand what things is until you're radiating from the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. You see, the heart chakra. That's why the Egyptian, the heart, the scarab, the heart scarab was the most important. Even when you died, they'd throw the brain away. But it was the heart that they preserved. Because that's another, that's where your true self is. But you got to radiate from the heart chakra and then you elevate on into the pineal gland. But most people's consciousness is in the root chakra. On the five senses, the animal level. And they can look pretty, they can have a PhD with a degree. They tell you it's only a degree of information. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a degree of information, it has nothing to do with a person's behavior. Mm. Whether they're conscious or not. You see, it has nothing to do with what a person wears. It has something to do is where they incarnated down here on a certain level and they are radiating above the root shock. And I guarantee you this right now. Even if some of you all just coming into consciousness the last couple of weeks or the last year, I'll guarantee you, you always felt special since you was a baby. Now, I've been asking that question in my lectures around the country for, 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 for 16 years. And I asked everybody... How many of you all always thought that you were special? And the whole room always raised their hands. You didn't know what it was. You see what I'm saying? But you thought it was special. And you always had a thirst for something that you didn't know what it was. And it was this knowledge. Let me give you an example. When I was, on, when I was in college, I was standing up one time. I had finished school. And I was standing um, on the college campus with one of the coaches. We got to be good friends, one of the basketball coaches, Coach Holmes. And he said, well, how do you, how do you feel, man? You, you've had to, you educated yourself. I said, man, I don't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I said, I told him, I said, I thought when I came here to this university that when I left, I was going to have some kind of knowledge. I didn't know what the knowledge was. All I know is what I, when I went through for four years, I didn't have shit. I, I, I knew I felt empty. Now it was it was you know it was a couple of years later that what I was missing I realized was knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I but but I knew something was wrong. You see, and that's what it is. You you always thought that you was you, you that, that something was missing, and that's why it's that is because you were you, you were gravitating but above the root shock. You know, having problems with money does not always mean that you lack money. A a lot of people who have a lot of material money have a lot of problems with it. 
And you know, that's the reason sometimes people will say, oh no, I don't think I want a lot of money because I've seen people with a lot of money have a lot of problems with it. Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather have the problems of having money than the problems of not having it. <laughs> you hear the old jingle, things go better with coke, things go better with money, even trouble. Even trouble goes better with money. <laughs> So don't knock money. You see, that's another thing. And uh, this is why you, ne you need to get the, the Master of Money course, because it tells you things to say about money and things that you're nev never to say about money. By the way, I'm going to give you this word. Here is a terrible word that a lot of people, almost everybody uses concerning money that you need to wash right out of your vocabulary. Are you ready for this one? Okay, put it on the board for me, Terry. Write it big. You're, you are never, ever again to say this about money. You can write it right under there, right, right on the side somewhere. Never again say spend money. Spend means it's gone. I've gotten rid of it. I'm not going to see it anymore. Is that what I've been saying? Yes. You, when you say spend every, every, as long as the thought is formed in your mind, spend money, you are dismissing money from you. You're saying, get out of here, money. <laughs> Don't ever think that way again. Now, let's have some confession and absolution here. <laughs> yes, we do have confession here, but we don't let you come into a booth and do it. Welcome to the show. You're sitting there right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. How y'all feeling tonight? Today is December the 9th. We're getting close to the end of the quarter. I hope y'all pushing your way through the quarter. You know, the thing about quarters that I like, you know, is that it, it really does give you an opportunity to gauge your performance. Throughout the entire year To see how you've been doing You know, first quarter, second quarter Third quarter, fourth quarter It's like a football game You know what I mean? Every quarter we getting Every quarter we getting a touchdown But Every quarter Shout out to the Chiefs, by the way We're going to the playoffs All my niggas in Baltimore I'm going to tell y'all <laughs> Alright, so peace to the God And welcome to the show and, you know, we got, I got quite a bit lined up tonight. I want to talk about call-in numbers, 347-989-0194. We want to get in and holler at me. You know, I purposely let the, the clips go a little longer tonight so y'all can hear some things. You know, I'll, I'll play shit to get your mind ready, you know. Get you ready to go Plus I got a lot of niggas that's locked up They're listening to the shows too You know this is edutainment 
if you will. You understand? So, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I always try to impress upon people is your thought process. You know, because how you think is um, is crucial to your development, right? And, you know, sometimes we can mess good things up with fucked up thoughts, right? Like you want a promotion at your job or something like that, right? But then you think, oh, I'm not worthy of it. Says who? Right? Who says that you're not um, capable of having your own business, right? Who says you're not capable of making a million dollars a year? Who says you're not capable of getting your nationality done, right? Who says you're not capable of doing whatever it is that you have the intention of doing? And normally, right, there's a lot of, we always have outside influences. And I think that outside influences will always be present. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing about life, right? Mastering self. So as we begin to master ourselves, we begin to understand that nothing outside of yourself really matters. Right? Think of that, I think it's that Lauryn Hill song, Nothing Even Matters, right? So nothing even matters except what's happening in your mind. So we talk about money and we, you know, when we talk about commerce, you know, because these shows are surrounded and entranced with information about commerce. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But when we talk about commerce, you must remember that money does not start with a piece of paper. Nope. It starts in your mind. And then from there, it will matriculate. To a physical thing, right? Whether it be gold, silver, Federal Reserve notes, whatever it is that you desire. But it must be a constant thought in your mind. You know, I get a lot of brothers that say, "Man, I want to get bread like you and Jonah, man." And I'm trying to, I'm trying to do better, and I, and I overstand it. You know, listen, y'all talking to a nigga who used to, y'all listening to a nigga. Who used to work at a car wash, man? Right? I used to bust cars, bro. I used to literally be out in the cold, in the coldest of the winter, and in the heat, in the hottest of the summer, washing cars. Man, I still got calluses on my hands, bro. I did that shit for like two, three years. Right? Trying to be. Um, you know, trying to get into the music industry, trying to support my dream. That didn't work. <laughs> I went to teach it. But I always had a recording studio, so I always maintained my dream, right? What I was a try- what I was attempting to accomplish. So even though I wa- and let me tell y'all something. Working at a motherfucking car wash was not pleasant. This is my truth. It was never it was not pleasant. You see motherfuckers come up in there. I used to wash a lot of NFL player cars. Hellsburg and Hellsburg Diamonds. I washed his car. He don't, yo, that's a whole different story, but he actually funded 
one of my projects. He don't even know it, right? But all of these people, you know, will come in, into this place and they have bread, right? And I'm at the lowest of the totem pole at this time, and I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking to myself, what is it that I need to do to elevate myself? And my thinking to a higher level. So that I can achieve my goal Right So I begin to get into My work My meditation work And One of the biggest things That I learned and, and this may help you Is that you have to write down your goals Or you're not going to achieve shit You don't write it down It's not happening See Money Is a lot like your goal. You have to think about it first. You got to visualize it. And you might even want to write down how much of it you want. It's like your goals. You have to think about them. You have to visualize them and you have to write them down. Right? So, you know, I just want to touch on this tonight because the power of manifesting what we want is a very real thing. And a lot of people are scared of money. You can't be scared or something that will allow you to help people if you do right by it. So you got to be a good steward of money because what happens if you do get a couple million dollars? You going how you gonna act, right? What you gonna do with it? You gonna do nigga shit? You gonna go buy a bunch of Jordans and TVs, right? Or are you actually going to do something that will create legacy? Because my nigga buying Jordans ain't creating a legacy. It is for Mike and his son. What about you and yours? You see, so don't just be, you know, one of these people who says, oh, I want to get rich. No, be specific about how you want to get rich. Be specific about how you want to increase your life, how you want to change your circumstance, whatever your circumstance is. You may not want to get rich. That might not be your thing. Maybe your thing is, I just want to be free from the system. I just don't want to work no more. Well, then you need to write down strategically how it is that you plan to get out of the system. See, we live in America, right? In case you didn't know this. (laughs) And, you know, this is supposed to be the home of the, the free and the brave and it ain't free and a lot of people definitely ain't brave so you must ask yourself that question you know am I going to be free and brave am I going to do what it takes okay so with that being said tonight we're going to talk about promissory notes okay and I think that it's very important that we go into promissory notes because my niggas, y'all use them all the time. You've probably been using promissory notes since, since you learned how to write a check, maybe before then. Okay? So we're going to go into this night because I, I want y'all to have a thorough understanding of what a promissory note is. You know, a lot of times we get ourselves in these contracts or we create contracts and don't really know the full capacity of what we're doing. So, I invite you 
tonight to sit back, get a piece of paper. We're going to go in. We'll take a quick break, pay a couple bills. And when we come back, we're going to dive right into this topic. Tonight we're talking about promissory notes and negotiable instruments. We're going to get right down to the bottom of it. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Downsell Bay. And we'll be right back. Peace to the gods. Welcome to NaturalistHerbs.com Treat yourself to a luxury of nature. Coming soon. 100% natural shea butter. Natural moisturizer. Just for the skin. NaturalistHerbs.com Come get a health reading and find out exactly what your body is missing. Then check out the herbal elixirs that will get your body back to its optimal level. NaturalistHerbs.com While you're at NaturalHerbs.com, get your fill of any one of the natural herbal elixir teas. They have from 1 to 10 to target specific organs and areas of your temple. For your blood, lungs and respiratory system. Male and female organs, digestive tract, skin purification, chakras, rejuvenation of brain cells, respiratory system, bone and muscle detox. Experience the power of healing at naturalsherbs.com. Get your organic Irish sea moss at naturalsherbs.com. Get the most out of your body from naturalsherbs.com. You have to fight the constant attacks being waged against your temple. Free shipping on orders $25 or more. While you're at it, go over to makemorecommerce.com and check out the packages they have to provide you with remedy. That's M-A-K-E-M-O-O-R-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com. Go check it out right now. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. Yeah, we've been knowing each other for a while. Maybe you don't know what I gotta do, you know. Get close. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Now you know I'm in a situation. Why are you? In... Don't do this. Why are you tripping like that? Well, I understand that, but you, your whole vibe is, you know, I see myself being with you forever. Ah, that's, that's really beautiful. I kind of dig you, too, you know that. We, we're friends, and I'm in a situation. I, I'm in a relationship, and you know what that means. And whatever I gotta do, I'll do it for you.
it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. All right, all right, all right. Peace to the God. Welcome back. All right, so let's get into it. Tonight we're talking about promissory notes, right? And we're going to look at negotiable instruments. We're going to look at non-negotiable instruments as well. So a promissory note, what is a promissory note, right? So sometimes referred to as a note payable, okay? This is a legal instrument, more particularly a financial instrument and a debt instrument, okay? A lot of people, um, you'll hear people say, oh, that birth certificate, promissory note. Well, it could be. It's got a QCIP number on there, right? So in which one party, okay, the maker or the issuer, promises in writing to pay a determinate sum of money to the other, which is known as the payee. Okay, either a fixed or a determinable future time or on demand of the payee. So think about a uh, student loan. A lot of you niggas got student loans. And that's just a fact, right? So with a student loan, you actually sign a promissory note. I think that might be the first time maybe in my life that I actually signed a promissory note, right? Didn't have full knowledge of the promissory note that I signed. But I signed one nonetheless. Okay. And a lot of times, that's, that's when they get you. They get you, you know, when you're 18. Uh, what about a credit card? It's another promissory note a lot of us sign, right? So the term of a note usually includes the principal amount, the interest rate, if any, the parties, the date, the terms of repayment, which could include interest, and the maturity date, right? So... Now I want y'all to start thinking of a bond because when we start thinking about maturity, things mature, these are bonds. See, this last week about how banks don't create money, right? Everything's done out of thin air, which means that it's, it's done off of your signature. Your signature is the money, okay? So since you the money, you create the money out of thin air and then giving it to them, and they turn around and tell you, you got to pay us back with this note after we securitize it. <laughs> right? Same thing with your mortgage, and they double, triple this. Now, for loans between individuals, writing and signing a promissory note are often instru- instrumental for tax and record keeping. A promissory note alone is typically unsecured. Right, so a lot of times they 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 will collateralize your promissory notes with other ones, and then they will secure them. Now, the term note payable is commonly used in accounting, as distinguished from accounts payable, or commonly as just a note. It is intent it is internationally defined by the convention. Providing a uniform law for bills of exchange and promissory notes, okay? But reasonable, reasonable, regional variations exist. A bank note is frequently referred to as a promissory note. Now, what's a bank note, right? Because a lot of people don't know. A bank note is a type of negotiable promissory note made by a bank, payable to the bearer on demand. Banknotes were originally issued by commercial banks, which were legally required to redeem the notes for legal tender. Okay. Uh, sometimes you get these things they call SLBCs, right? These are banknotes. Okay. So these commercial banknotes 
only trade at face value in the market, which is served by issuing banks. Now, commercial banknotes have primarily been replaced by national banknotes issued by central banks. So you see your central bank, like the Federal Reserve, issues banknotes. Now, national banknotes are generally legal tenders, meaning that the medium of payment is allowed by the law or recognized by a legal system to be valid for meeting a financial obligation. So historically, banks sought to ensure that they could always pay customers in coins when they presented banknotes for payment. This practice of backing notes with something of substance is the basis of history of central banks backing their currencies in gold or silver, see? So central banks actually historically used to do that. And believe it or not, the Federal Reserve is supposed to be doing that too. I read somewhere that Russia... Uh, wanted to see the gold that they gave the United States. The United States told them they couldn't see it. So they, they, they told them they were waged war. They couldn't see it. So finally, they let them see it. They told them, listen, we'll let you see it, but you can't count it. <laughs> Sound like uh, robbery to me. Okay? Now, national banknotes are generally legal tender. Okay? And remember, legal tender is not lawful money. Okay? Now, the practice of backing notes with something of substance is the basis for history of central banks. Today, most national currencies have no backing in precious metals or commodities and have value only by fiat, with the exception of non-circulating high-value or precious metal issue coins. Okay? Excuse me, or precious metal issues. Coins are used for lower-value monetary units. All right, so a lot of times, and I think that this is important that we really recognize this, right? Because you can't put a reserve note to the bank and cash it in, right? They, they just they won't do that for you anymore. But there was a time where you could take a silver dollar, right? You could take it into the bank and they would cash it for you and they would give you silver or gold. Right? Because it was redeemable at the Federal Reserve or the United States Treasury. You understand? Now, if the promissory note is unconditional and readily sellable, they call this a negotiable instrument. Okay? Now, a negotiable instrument. Like we said, is a document guaranteeing the payment of a specific amount of money, either on demand or at a set time, with the payer usually named on the document. More specifically, it is a document contemplated by or consisting of a contract, which promises to pay money without condition, which may be paid either on demand or at a future date. The term can have different meanings depending on what law is being applied and what country and context it is being used in. So, in the Commonwealth of Nations, almost all jurisdictions have codified the law relating to negotiable instruments and bills of exchange. Okay? And, you know, if, if you want a good place to start, 
Go look at the bank officer's manual or handbook. Okay? It's all right there. And it will tell you the laws of using negotiable instruments in the United States. Because a lot of you niggas are, are, are creating y'all instruments off of this secure party shit, and it's wrong. It's not correct. So we're going to do it. Let's do it right. This is why we created the discharge weapon arms to show you the proper way to use a negotiable instrument. Now, in common speech, other terms such as loan, loan agreement, and loan contract may be used interchangeably with promissory notes. The term loan contract is often used to describe a contract that is lengthy in detail. A promissory note is a very is very similar to a loan. Each is legally binding, okay? To unconditionally repay a specified amount within a defined time frame. However, a promissory note is generally less detailed and less rigid than a loan contract. And for one thing, loan agreements often require repayment in installments, while promissory notes do not. Isn't that interesting? Now, furthermore, a loan agreement usually includes the terms for recourse in the case of default, such as establishing the right to foreclosure, while a promissory note does not. You know you signed a promissory note when you signed your so-called student loan agreement. So was it a loan agreement or was it a promissory note? Because I'm pretty sure they called it a promissory note. Now, promissory notes differ from IOUs in that they contain a, spe- a specific promise to pay along with the steps and timelines for repayment, as well as consequences if repayment fails. IOUs only acknowledge that it does exist. So negotiable instruments are unconditional, and they impose few to no duties on the issuer or the payee other than payment. In the United States, when a promissory note is a negotiable instrument, okay, can have significant legal impact, as only negotiable instruments are subject to Article 3 of the Uniform Commercial Code, that's the UCC, okay, and the application of the holder in due course. This is why y'all need to go look at the UCC, because it tells you very well when you send a negotiable instrument out, and you make the CEO aware that the instrument was received, and you know that he knows it was received, he now became liable. So the negotiability of mortgage notes has been debated, particularly due to the obligations and quote associated with mortgages. However, in mortgage notes are often determined to be negotiable instruments. Or, mm, isn't that interesting? So if a mortgage note is a, negoti- a, a negotiable instrument, why you ain't negotiating? Hmm? Why are you not negotiating? Why haven't you negotiated? Okay. So promissory notes are a common financial instrument in many jurisdictions, employed principally for short-time financing of companies. Often the seller or the provider of a service is not paid up front by the buyer, usually another company, but with but within a period of time, the length of time which has been argued upon by both the seller and the buyer. 
The reasons for this may vary. Historically, many companies used to balance their books and execute payments and debts at the end of each week or tax month. So any product brought before that time would be paid only then. So depending on the jurisdiction, the deferred payment period can regulate can be regulated by the law. Okay. Now, now that we know a little bit about the promissory notes, let's get into this information, right? Because I I got some good shit I want to want to pull out here. Okay. You want to holler at me? Get yourself in the call line three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four is the number. You can get in the holler at me. Happy to take your call. All right. See, the other thing about this whole thing is that we're talking about contractual relationships, right? So we get into these contractual relationships, and we don't know how to contract. We don't know how to get ourselves out of the contract. Okay. And that's why I did the show on rescission, because you got to know how to rescind. Because what happens if you get yourself into a promissory note, like a student loan, right, or a car payment, how do you get out? Okay. Now, through reading this, you should uh, be able to identify three things, okay? Number one, you should be able to de- to describe the definitions, the parties, and the characteristics relating to bills of exchange and promissory notes, okay? Number two. Should be able to identify the law applicable to these type of negotiable instruments, including the rules codified in the bills of exchange. Okay, and number three, should be able to discuss the legal issues that a banker must be aware of when dealing with the bills of exchange. All right. So, you know, when we start talking about going private, this has everything to do with being private because private people use private money. You can't use public money when you're private. And negotiable instruments is all about being in the private. Negotiable instruments have the following key characteristics, okay? They can be transferred from person to person. The person who they are negotiated with obtains good title, okay? To them, even though the transferer may have a defective title or no title at all, and the person to whom they are negotiated can sue on them in his own name. Now, because banks deal with negotiable instruments every day, bankers need to understand the legal issues surrounding them. There are many types of negotiable instruments and quasi-negotiable instruments, okay, fake negotiable instruments. This is your uh, your secure party. <laughs> That's the quasi, okay? Two main groups, okay? These are the bills of exchange and the promissory notes. Now, negotiable instruments. Okay, but so before we discuss bills of exchange and promissory notes, it's helpful to summarize the key characteristics common to all types of negotiable instruments. Okay, so one, a negotiable instrument in the right it carries are capable of transfer by delivery of possession, as in the case of a bearer instrument. So if an, if an instrument is payable to a specified person, order. It may be negotiated by endorsement, that is, affixing a signature on the instrument and delivery. See, you can also make it non-negotiable. But if you make a, if you draw a negotiable instrument, it's always best who it's drawn out to. I like to write mine out to the CEO, write it out to the boss, the person who is uh, in charge of making sure they uphold the national currency act. 
right? Number two, a distinctive feature of negotiability is that a holder of the instrument may acquire a better title to the instrument than the person who transferred it to him, subject to certain exceptions. This is the key distinction between negotiation and a mere transfer. So in the case of a mere transfer, the transferee can in no circumstances obtain a better title than his transferor. Okay, number three. In the case of a negotiation of a negotiable instrument, so long as the instrument appears complete and regular on its face, to whom it is negotiated obtains a good title if he takes it in good faith, for value, and without notice of any defect in his predecessor's title, notwithstanding that the person who transferred it to him may have a defective title or even no title to it. The only exception is where an essential signature to the instrument is proved to be forged. See that? So if somebody takes your instrument and they took it in good faith, right, and wasn't no forgery on it, well, whatever you sent them was to be paid. Let's keep going. The person to whom an instrument is negotiated can sue on it in his own name. See that? That goes back to nationality right there. Whose name are you suing in? You send a negotiable instrument out. They don't honor it. And you need to sue. Are you suing in your in your name? Are you are you coming forth in, in pro se? Hmm? Or are you coming forth in proper persona? Okay. Now, the transaction represented by the negotiable instrument is independent of the underlying transaction in respect of which the instrument was issued. So, for example, where a check is issued in payment of goods, Supply pursuant to a contract for sale of the goods, generally speaking, a holder of the check may sue on it without any inquiry being made as to the validity of the underlying contract of the party's rights and obligations under it. So a contractual party's failure to provide consideration for a check for a check drawn payable to him will therefore not affect the rights of the subsequent holder of the check who took it for value in good faith. Right, so this is why it's always on you to make sure that you operate in good faith and with clean hands. Okay, if you don't know what clean hands and good faith is, you need to go look those terms up. Okay, clean hands doctrine. Now, the types of negotiable instruments include bills of exchange, promissory notes, checks, bankers' uh, drafts, okay, uh, travelers' checks, bearer bonds, and debentures. Okay. There are some instruments that possess the first two characteristics of a negotiable instrument, but not the third. In other words, a transferee takes them subject to any defects in the title of prior parties. Okay. So these are called quasi-negotiable instruments and include postal orders and bills of lading as well. Okay. Very important that y'all understand the difference between what's a real negotiable instrument and what's not real. Because I, I don't know what niggas are out here reading, right? But if, but if you're not actually reading the laws, then you're not going to do it right. And this is why people don't be having success when they're doing their they discharges. you got you got to read the law. you got to actually understand what a negotiable instrument is. Keep going. 
Now, the transaction represented by the negotiable instrument is the independent of the underlying transaction in respect of which the instrument was issued. Okay? So I gave you the check example. Now, the types of negotiable instruments, once again, they include promissory notes, uh, checks, bank drafts, bankers drafts, bank notes, travelers checks, bearer bonds, and debentures. Okay. Now, a bank is a frequent and integral part of transaction of transacting a negotiable instrument. I think a lot of people miss this because you cannot, and let me say this again, you cannot securitize the instrument. You cannot. Unless you're a banker, you do not securitize the shit. And this is where most people fail and what they're doing. You got, you got to use an instrument that has been. Why do you think the birth certificate works as a bond? Because it's been securitized. It's got a Q-tip number on it. You can't create a negotiable instrument with something that has never been securitized. Keep going. Most bills represent an intrusion by a customer to the bank to pay a certain amount to the customer or a third party. In the most common example of a negotiable instrument, the check, a bank is all is the check, right? The check. Okay. A bank is also involved in collecting negotiable instruments. So both the paying and the collecting bank have a specific role to play in the transaction and has specific responsibilities. This is where you get things um you know, you got different things. They, they call them paymasters. Right? These people, you know, doing things in escrow, things like that. This, this is what you use. Understand? I'm giving, now I'm giving y'all a little much there, but without saying too much, that's what that is. Now, the Bills of Exchange Ordinance outlines the requirements that banks must fulfill if they are to avoid liability, let me give them to you. Okay, and, and to be honest, I think that some of this stuff requires, you know, applies to the customer too. So the bank must act in good faith. Straight up, the banker must credit the customer with funds, which means that if somebody writes a negotiable instrument and it goes to your account. The bank's supposed to act in good faith, and the bank is supposed to put that bread into your account. Payment must be received for the customer. Okay? The negotiable instrument negotiated must be one of those listed in the subsection 2 of the ordinance. Checks and drafts are the most important. Okay? And the bank must act without negligence in collecting the, the negotiable instrument. The paying and collecting bank must have a set of responsibilities when dealing with a negotiable instrument. See that? So, even when we're talking about promissory notes and banks, banks still have a duty. They securitize it and pass the money along. Now, Dealing with negotiable instruments of the customers is one of the major duties of a bank. 
This includes checks. Paying on a negotiable instrument is the only part of the responsibility of the bank. It is also incumbent on the bank to at times dishonor an instrument, meaning sometimes they'll look at your shit and say, nope, that's not flying with us. The most common negotiable instrument that banks pay is the check, which may be presented over the counter or through the clearing system. And let me tell y'all something. There are many, many, many ways besides um, normal public clearing systems that banks clear money. Just go go look it up for yourself. Now, a check is, in effect, a mandate from the customer to the bank to debit an account. So every time you write a check, you're writing a promissory note, right? It's a promise to pay. The, the, the dollar you carry in your pocket is a promise. Is a promissory note. What is it? It's a promise to pay. What, what does it say? Uh, promise, uh, promise to pay all debts, public and private, right? Something like that, right? That's what it's used for. Promissory note. And it's got two signatures on there. You understand? They was doing when they created the money. But do you know what you're doing when you're using it? Do you know what it is? Okay. Now, the most common negotiable instrument that banks pay are checks, okay, which can be presented over the counter. And the check is, in effect, a mandate from the customer to the bank for a debit on the account. And although a bank may deal with tens of thousands of checks and other instruments on a given day, it still has a responsibility to exercise care and what they call due diligence. Okay? Banks do due diligence on everybody, by the way. So if you're going to, and, and let me let me give y'all a piece of advice. If you're going to write a negotiable instrument to somebody, you should do your due diligence. Warn that person that you're writing your instrument to, the company that you're writing the instrument to. Get the EIN number. Find out who the CEO is. Get the CEO's oath, which normally would be with the control of currency. Most people don't know the CEO takes the oath. He took an oath to uphold the Constitution, the National Currency Act, okay? all of that. You just to follow these banking laws. Okay. That means that each check or other negotiable instrument has to be examined carefully to ensure that it may be safely paid. So in cases where it does not honor a negotiable instrument, such as a check, the paying bank has a responsibility to explain the reason. Generally, this is done in a separate notice. And the examination of a check involves the following. Uh, they check the signature, right? Verifying whether the signatory has the authority to sign the check in the case of a corporate check. Okay? Checking the date on the check, an instrument with the date in the future may not be paid. Okay? Checking the name of the payee to ensure a reasonable certainty that the instrument is paid to the right person. Checking the amount, which must be in writing, to meet the requirements of the bills of exchange ordinance. Okay. 
The amount written out should match the amount provided in figures. Okay. I mean, banks, banks, look, they're looking at everything, right? Like, and I, and I want you to think of this from the aspect of when you write your own negotiable instrument to pay something off and you send it in, you should know that they are looking at all of these things. They're checking whether um, it requires an endorsement, right? Special endorsement or not. They're determining whether there are enough funds in the customer's account to honor the check depending on where you're drawing the funds off of. They consider any knowledge of a breach of trust, such as when the banker receives money from the customer that he knows is being held in trust. Okay. Um, they check it for any circumstances, such as bankruptcy, liquidations, that legally prevent the bank from paying the check. Okay. Now, Except in certain specific cases, banks generally collect negotiable instruments, but not on their own behalf, but on behalf of the client. So in doing so, they must exercise the unused, excuse me, the usual care and rely on their expertise. So you could just think of a, like like banks are, are um, receiving entities, right? And they, they, they receive your money on a daily basis. But you heard the guy say earlier, banks don't lend money. Every time you make a deposit into the bank, you're giving the bank money, right? You actually you actually loan the money to the bank. Every time you step up in there and make a deposit, here you go. I would much rather have a business account. Makes me feel better about giving the bank money because I'm okay. We're gonna do. I'm I'm open up a business account. Why do you think it's so easy to open up a business account? They want you to put your money in there. Real easy to get a business account opened up. You could have fucked up credit, be in the check system and all of that, and can't get no personal account. But boy, go try to get a business account. They're opening it up so quick for you. Okay. So there's instances in which a third party um, may fraudulently cause an instrument to be paid, so in turn depriving the true owner of the fund. The bank has a responsibility to ensure. The owner of a negotiable instrument is the true owner or face significant liability, right? And a lot of times, um, y'all don't understand that, but, but you know, there's a lot of money laundering and shit that goes on in the world. And there's a lot of um, high-class deals that are done that ain't supposed to be getting done, right? And they fuck up economies. And so... They don't want to fund banks are, are, are taking your money and securitizing, but they don't want to fund terrorist shit. They're not going to do that. Right? And some of you niggas look like paper terrorists. <laughs> right? But they're not going to fund people who are not responsible. You have to be a responsible individual. When you begin to step into the world of bills of exchange and negotiable instruments. Okay. So the relevant legislation in Hong Kong okay, is the Bill of Exchange Ordinance, which is modeled in the 1882 Bills of Exchange Act of the United Kingdom. It codifies laws relating to the 
bills of exchange, checks, and promissory notes. And the ordinance and in- case law um, are technical and complex, but it is the essential for bank officers to be familiar with their main principles. But, and, I, and this is the reason why I recommend that y'all take the time to go into the bank officer's manual. Okay? So, there are at least two parties to every bill. Okay? You got the drawer and the drawee. The payee must either be a third party or is the drawer as well. Now, when the bill is negotiated, okay, it means that the bill is transferred by the payee or by the, or, or excuse me, or by yet another party that the payee had negotiated the bill to. Okay, and this person is called the holder. Now, the transferer, that is the payee or holder, frequently adds to the bill by signing on the back, right? And this is where you endorse it with your signature on the back. Right. Now, the payee or the holder then becomes an endorser whose position is similar to that of the drawer. See? Now, y'all won't even play into this. In a straightforward transaction, the bill is addressed by one party to another party, usually the drawer, the bank. The bank is the drawee. That's where the money's coming from, right? Requiring the, this drawee to pay money to a third party. So, like, think of it like an invoice almost. Okay. So you have a drawer, you have a drawee, you have an acceptor. Okay. Now the acceptor, okay, the drawee becomes the acceptor. And when the drawee accepts the bills of exchange and warrants payment according to the tenor of the acceptance, the drawee then becomes liable as a primary obligor or debtor now. Okay. So if the drawee refuses to accept the bill, this may be taken as a breach of contract with the drawer. So, for example, if a bank acting as a drawee dishonors by non-acceptance of a bill drawn in for informity with the provisions of an acceptance credit, that bank commits a breach of contract. You see, so then the bank can become liable. So, believe it or not, sometimes even banks, Have discretionary problems Such as Getting it right Making sure that they actually Draw down the money for you See when you're a national They're supposed to do that shit for you Should be no question about it Okay You got the payee You got the holder Okay You had something called accommodation party And the accommodation party became a drawer, acceptor, or endorser without receiving value for it. Okay, this could be a third party, right? This party's involvement is for the purpose of lending its name to some other party to enable that other party to raise money or obtain credit, for example. An accommodation party is liable to the bill to a holder for value regardless of whether or not the holder knew such party to be an accommodation party. So it's like if your mama um, lets you use her credit card, right, to get gas. Well, technically, you ain't liable for the money if you don't pay your mama uh, for that gas you use. She's the one that's liable because her name is on it. You get it? Okay. Now, let's take a look at what they call a non 
negotiable instrument, okay, because these differ from negotiable instruments. Now, the definition of a non-negotiable instrument describes the price of a good or security that is firmly established and cannot be adjusted, or a part of a contract or deal which is considered a requirement by one or both involved parties. Additionally, the term can relate to a good or a security whose ownership is not easily transferable from one party to another. An item can be considered non-negotiable if one party involved in the transaction is not willing to make any changes to a condition that has been set in place. So this can refer to the price of a particular good or a service and element within a contract or a financial product that cannot be exchanged or, or transferred to a new owner, even though the use of secondary market. So you could think of your discharge, right? When we're doing discharge and we teach you discharge, we teach you non-negotiable instruments. Because when you write a negotiable instrument, that means that the other party can change the instrument. It leaves them room to negotiate. Why would you want to leave somebody room to negotiate any instrument when you don't have to? You spend this mug is non-negotiable, uh, redeem at the Federal Reserve Bank in lawful money, uh, or at any United States Treasury. Boom. And uh, this has to be has to go to the CEO. It has to it has to be in front of a CEO. And if you take it and you accept it and you don't send it back to me, well, acceptance is good enough. You accepted it. So then it's paid. So now we got an agreement. We have a, a an accord, if you will. This is where they get accord and satisfaction, okay? But now we have an accord. Now, non-negotiable prices. When asking price, when an asking price is considered non-negotiable, it means that you cannot try to change the price. It's been firmly established, okay? Um, so I want you all to always think of that, right? So non-negotiable contract elements. A contract may involve certain non-negotiable tenants. So in the case of uh, leases on rental properties, the amount due as payment may be considered as non-negotiable as, as it is often a fixed price. Okay? Now let's look at negotiable. So, so we have a working definition one more time. Now a negotiable instrument is a document that guarantees the payment of a specific amount of money, either on demand or at a set time, right? So with a negotiable instrument, the terms of the contract are not set in stone. And this means they could do shit like they can cross your name out. Um, like, oh, I'll give you an example. And I've seen this done before. Somebody will write a negotiable instrument, pay something off like a car or a house, right? And they won't make it non-negotiable because it's got to be in big red letters on there that it's non-negotiable. But they won't put it at all on there. So then what happens is these people come in and they cross out whoop, everything that they don't want or that they don't agree with. Throw your shit away because they didn't want to negotiate with it. Right? It was it was negotiable. Okay. So I like to draw your attention to a case. Um, if you have 
Um, I have several shows on this topic from the past you can go back and listen to. Okay. Uh, we, we won't we won't go too deep into it tonight. We got a lot of people in the car line. I'm sure a lot of people want to talk about this subject. But this is an interesting topic because anytime that we start talking about paying debt off, what we essentially are talking about is getting rid of some type of negotiable instrument. Like even a mortgage. Hell, a mortgage is a promissory note. Them is the biggest note of all. You're walking around looking at promissory notes every day in your neighborhood, right? Legal promissory notes that people call ho- call homes and houses. So let's go to the call line, see what's happening out there. We're going to go to 813-720 You're on the bottom line. Hello? What's going on with 813? Let's go to 757. What's happening? 757-274. Alright. Go to 225-324. Peace to the God. Alright, there we go. Peace to the God. Hear me? I hear you. Peace. What's happening with you? Nothing much, man. It's a good subject you're on tonight, though. We're about negotiable instruments. Yeah, you know, think about promissory notes. We use them all day long. We exchange them with each other. Don't even realize. Right. Like you say, you're promising to pay every time you you go in the store using the Federal Reserve note. Yeah, man. Every time you're using that thing, I'm pro- and really they IOUs, ain't they? Right. I'm gonna pay you a dollar is nothing but money. an IOU. Yeah, I'm gonna pay right. you when I get some real money. That's all it is. Real money. IOU. Right. You know, lawful money versus fiat, bro. But hell, they say lawful money. They say fiat is lawful money. Well, who is it lawful to? U.S. citizens? Because right. sovereigns don't, don't sovereigns ain't really supposed to use fiat. But I mean, you live in a system where that's them and all that you can use if you want to do commerce. Right. And then you know what they say if you do use they they uh, fiat, they say you are um, a uh, what is it? They say you are expert. If if you if you use the dollar, hmm. so I guess we better become experts at using promissory notes because they they consider you to be an expert, right? All right. Yeah. Think about this. I got bro. something else. Go ahead. Think about monopoly, right? You know. Uh, the game of monopoly. I mean, we learned that early. If you learn how to control the board, you become the expert. The expert. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, me and my lady was playing the Monopoly last night. Uh, got a game, Baton Rouge Monopoly. Ah, that's and, uh, Baton Rouge Monopoly. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Which ward are we buying up? 
<laughs> right. Right. Instead of going to jail, well, they you got the traffic money, jam. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to get into the... I was, yeah, I wanted, you know, stay on subject first. Oh, no, you all right. Yeah, I'm just running my mouth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I have a little testimony. Um, the criminal case uh, going going through an appeal, and I went back to the city court on it. And um, you know, we had did that file that brief, and um, you know, I didn't even go in front of the judge. They brought me in the back of the chamber. The judge straight up told me. She said. They probably gonna dismiss it in the district court, and uh, she shook my hand. And the prosecutor, he he shook my hand, and he was bragging on that brief. He was like that brief. He said, "Woof, man, it was well structured and well put together." You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, we took we, ball, yo, ball, man, that's the whole thing. Is we took that time, right? Right. For all the listeners out there, they need to get that uh, that brief webinar you did. Cause, um, oh, yeah. Man, that, 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 that brief really had they mind blown. Yeah. Niggas don't even yeah, understand how, how 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 important it is to even know how to do a brief, man. And what's so crazy is like the brief that, that we did for you, man, I, we knocked that out about, took me about six hours to do that brief. Um, I think that brief was about fifteen, about fifteen pages, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so this this shit ain't easy, but once you once you get a grasp on it, it is easy. Right. You know, but, the main but thing, look how they respected you though. That's what's up, man. Oh yeah, it went from me going in from the beginning of the process to them acting funny and being mean to now they all nice. Very respectful. Mm-hmm. Like you say, mm-hmm. you, you, you got to put in all the right. You got to put in all that information from the beginning. Motion to dismiss, uh, constitutional challenge, transit versus pack lateral, so on and so forth. Got to put it in there. Yeah, yeah and that's funny because like now you you was working on. On, on the finances and nationality, and then you got hit with them cases out of nowhere. So right, yeah, but, it slowed me up. You so. know, I mean, yeah, but your due diligence, though, man, you know, it's been on top of it, man. That, that that's really how we got that outcome. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 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 real happy for you, brother. I appreciate you giving that testimony. And just so y'all know, I didn't oh, yeah. think to come up here. <laughs> he came up here on the I, I tell you, this is real. I tell you something else too, uh, when you when you be talking about the spiritual work, you know, that night before, you know, I put in a lot of spiritual work, you know. And that's like important you say too. I had your your spirit right, you know. Yeah, bro, you, your spirit gotta yeah. be right, man. You gotta put that spiritual work in. Right. I have one more um little traffic case. I go Tuesday, um, did a uh, notice of removal for that one. Get it sent to the Supreme okay. Court. So, we'll see how that goes. Do the too, same thing on that just, one. Throw you out. Right. Throw it out. Yeah, they're going to throw it out. They're going to dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Case like that, normally, because there's already been a, there's been too many precedents that have been set that say that you don't need a license to drive, that 
you know, traveling is a is a right, not a privilege. And when you take on a license, you you're actually taking on a privilege and, and foregoing your rights. And so there's too many precedents that have been set. So they're really not even going to um, probably even allow you to come into that court and even speak on that. They're just going to dismiss the shit because they don't want to talk about it. Most times. Right. You're right. You're right. You seen that video I put and on my Facebook, right? With, the, with that old white judge. I think, yeah, I seen it today. Uh, the brother talking on the mic. Yeah, he's talking about Aboriginal and all that. And the judge told him. Right. He, he, he told him. He, yeah. he, he gave him every court to go to. Then he said, you can go to this court, this court, this court, this court. And then you can go all the way up to this court. He said, but the problem, he said, but I'm not going to set a precedent in this court. That nigga told him straight up, nigga, we're not putting that on the record in this court. I'm sorry. You can go to the mother courts and do that, but not this. You know, all these regular people think right. that we that we doing the proper procedure. Right. It, and, interesting and, as fuck. When they, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. And then a lot of times, you know, they know they know who you are. They gonna deal with you last. It's like oh, on that yeah, court day out. They had me scheduled thirty. Right, man. Look, exactly, bro. They, bro, they had my court at four o'clock in the afternoon. They stopped having court at three, and they had me in the mental health court for traffic shit. Mm-hmm. Ain't this some shit? Motherfucker called me up there. <laughs> it's gonna be a great day today, Mrs. Zachary. I said, oh yeah, okay. It's about two. It's about three, four years ago. Motherfuckers, it's gonna be a great day today. I get up in there. They, they talking about we. We're just gonna combine your cases that you got. We see you got cases uh, coming up in a couple months too. We're just gonna dismiss them all for you. Just right after I did my injunction. <laughs> you know. Okay. I was happier than a, a fat girl in a, 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 with a chicken wing. <laughs> I, I was happy, boy. You don't know, cause you know I, I, that's when I started seeing all of this shit working for me, man. You know, and I started really seeing with these junctions, man. I started seeing shit working in my own life. I said, "Oh, this shit real." Yeah, it is, bro, man. I, I left out of that courthouse real happy. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And the bro. other day, the other day I was driving home. Cop followed me a good little while, and then he he went on about his business, and you know my license mm-hmm. my license plate is expired, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know he wanted to pull you over. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. He followed me a good while, then he and when I turned mm-hmm. off, he went on about his business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, they listen, that's like they got like automatic license plate readers now. Yeah, I heard about them. Man, nigga, you be in the so what's so crazy is you could be in traffic, the cop will be in the middle of the traffic. There might be seven, eight cars surrounding the cop. And his his uh his little thing is gonna ping every license plate in, in his in his vicinity. And it's gonna come hmm. back and tell him, Hey, you should have got two warrants. Joey got three. You know, it's gonna it's gonna come back and, and say, Everybody Everybody got warrants and everybody is clean. So it's like it don't pay to not have the injunction in because nigga they they know. 
Yeah, they know. They know. They know. Right. And I don't understand why niggas drive around, bro, with um, a lot of cats will drive around with these private plates. What the fuck is that? I'm going to drive around with a private plate. Well, first of all, you're still in the jurisdiction. Right. They um when I first got into this information, they had a lady um down here. She had one of those plates. I think she had a uh one of those Moorish uh American plates, whatever they used to give out. Mm-hmm. Man the cops man the cops whooped this lady, bro. Beat her pretty good. She didn't want to get out the car when they pulled her over, you know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. You know, from 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 knowing that, I, I I was like, man, I never go that route. Oh yeah, these these motherfuckers don't care if you're young, if you're old, if you're decrepit. They don't care. They don't. It matters not to these people. You know, and it's it's on us to remember right. that. They care. They care not. Right. You know, this is a um, this is a system that eats its babies. You know what I'm saying? Right. The system right about that. For real? Yeah, literally. Man, listen, I saw the video of the older lady. And the older lady peed on herself and told the cops she was scared and then they beat her ass. She didn't do nothing. Mm. You know? Doing that shit to our elders, man. Right, that's sad. You got them other dudes. Somebody's grandma. Right. Make you want to kill a nigga. Hey, true that. True that. You damn me do that to my grandma, nigga. Shit. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you dropping your testimony, bro. Oh, yeah. It's all good, man. Um, just want to get in and Talk about what happened. I know you got some other callers. Want to get in? Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Right. Okay, well I'll holler back at you, brother. All right, man. Give you a call later this week. Okay, no doubt. Peace to the God. All right, peace to the God. Okay, let's go to one one one. Peace to the God. What's up, Joy? What's happening? I'm Chuck. Hey. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to that again because I don't know. I'm going to have to go off topic right away on that one. I'm still on my uh, um, FTC affidavit. And you know, this, the question mm-hmm. seemed real simple, but you know, when you're doing a student loan, it's like a trick question. Like on page two, number fourteen. Can you pull it up, or because I don't want to have to read nah, it. I, I, I can't pull it up, but you can. Uh, you can read it. Okay, so I believe the following person used my information and identification documents to open new new accounts, use my existing account, or commit other fraud. That's correct. So they did use it. Would you say? Yes, they did. 
That's what I was thinking. If I put N-A, okay. Oh, boy. And what did I put yeah, on that line then? Um, I don't have it in front of me, to be honest with you. It's been so close to that form. Um, but, I mean, I think you should set up some time with me, and I'd be happy to go up there with you. We can go line by line. I was going to I was gonna do a consultation for the, the suing for the uh, other uh, stuff. I can't. Uh, I told you I'm going to have to get a grant in a minute because I can't do both. Well, I guess yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to try to pull it up for you. Hold on. I'm going to try to pull it up while you're on the air. Hold on. Okay. I'll go, I'll go over with you. Hold on. Okay. Appreciate that. Um, just a second. All right. FTC affidavit. CDS. Yeah, page 214. Number 14. Hold on. It's hard to get to this document. A lot of people don't know because this document ain't as available as it used to be. Number 14, page 2. Mm-hmm. It says, I believe the following persons use my information and identification documents to open new accounts using my existing accounts. Okay. So on this one, you can actually just leave it blank. You just put NA. And the, re- and the reason being, because it says, it says, the reason being, it says, enter what you know about anyone you believe was involved, even if you don't have complete information. So all you have to do is just, you don't, you obviously don't have a, a middle person, last name of a person who used your identity, right? It could have just been right. an institution. So what you can do is yeah. which is additional information about this person. If you if you want, you, you can just put financial it, what the name of the financial institution was. You know, if it was uh if it was Sally May, put Sally May Financial Institution. That's all you need. That's all you need to put. Oh, you put the institution name on there? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. remember this is an affidavit. With that with that being said, this is about how you fill it out. Nobody's going to question how you feel this out. But obviously, when we're talking about identity theft, if somebody didn't personally steal your – see, you don't have – I don't have to personally steal your information for there to be identity theft. Identity theft can occur just based off of the fact that you signed the contract and somebody used your name to create a bond. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Because then they reported your credit. Right. That could be identity theft. Identity theft could be you obtained my social security number from a debt that you purchased from somebody else without my permission. That's identity theft. You see what I'm saying? But it don't have to be a person. Mm-hmm. So you said, so you said, first you said to put NA and then you said to put the institution name? I put, you'll, you'll put NA where it says name and address. Okay. And if you, if you want, you wanna if you wanna put anything, you can put the institution there. Okay, I think I'll do that there anyway. Okay. Right? And if and you put the, if you put the institution listen, if you if you put the institution, you need to put the address and the phone number for the institution. And then where it says name, you can put in that. Top. Where it says name, first, middle, last, something, mm-hmm. you can put in that. Okay. They have been calling and uh sending letters. 
But you said to just go ahead and get a write up on this one. What do you mean by calling and sending letters? Sending letters and the Pam and calling and asking me when I'm going to pay. Who? Some of too long? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so, sh- the, the, so the, the, the whole thing about it is, is you can always send the FTC affidavit to me. You know, it's always yeah. an option. Speak today. Uh, you know, <laughs> listen, especially when it comes to student loans, the more you dispute, the better. The more you dispute, the better. Yeah, I disputed some of my student loans for so long. These motherfuckers just gave up and said, "Fuck it, you you win." And just took (laughs) all. That's what I thought they were gonna do, but they didn't. They still call it. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they will. I had a partner when we first got into information, and he did that, and he cleaned his credit, and he took everything off it. He cleaned the credit so good, he wiped off everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff. He had a completely clean file. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got you know you keep hitting them, hit them with the FTC affidavit. But if you want them to come off of your credit, you need to hit the credit report. You need, you know you need to go after the credit reporting agency. It's not on the credit report. It's so old. No, it's like it's okay. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. If they ain't, I said that's good. If they ain't on your credit report, that's good. Then that FTC affidavit then. Somebody else used my okay. credit back then. I don't, I don't know who did that. Okay. Um, one more, one more question on this. Hmm? Um, number fifteen, number case three. What is? How did? Hmm. I, I can't hear you. Cut now. Information about the crime, for example, how the identity. Uh, gain access to your information or which documents or information were used? Promissory note. I gave. Oh, is it just for promissory note? It could be. It could be That's promissory note. It could be. Oh, it, it could be. It could be whatever documentation that you got that that, that they use. I use my uh, ID. Yeah, which one? My you uh, driver's license. What's going on, number 17? Oh, you're on number 16? 15. 15. There's additional information mm-hmm. about the crime. For example, how the identity thief gained access to your information or which documents or information were used. All you, all you got to do is if, if you believe that somebody stole your social security number, Right or or that's that's what you're claiming, right? Because all you got like here's the thing, all, all you got to do is say, listen, somebody used my information to take out this money. If that's mm-hmm. you know if, if that's that's what your situation is. If not, you can say you know I mean I don't know what your situation is, so it has to be specific to your situation. But all they want is additional information about how. Identity theft occurred. This is not that hard. You got to actually read these. You got to read these questions, y'all. That could, when it comes, yeah, it's simple. Like if it's a personal thing, but a student loan, it's, the, the questions become hard. It's like, uh, no, they, well, I gave them my, no, no, my license. You're making, 
No, you're, you're making the questions hard. They're not hard. It says, it says right here, it says additional information about the crime. For example, how the identity thief gained access to your information. Well, listen, y'all got my social security number. That's how y'all gained access to my information was by, by somehow y'all got my social. Somehow they gained access oh. to, to, to my personal information by way of getting the social security number. However, it was. Oh, somebody forged my signature. Whatever it is that created the contract. Don't make okay. it harder than got to be. Pretty easy. You know, I don't want to do that. You, you, you know, have, I got to do that. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I, I know you do. But, but you got to think of these questions, <laughs> though, in terms okay. of of a consumer. File was damaged, and, and, and somebody somebody ran up in your in your consumer file and. Started using your credit without your permission. Okay. I see. I just got to look at it different. different. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you got to look at it differently. Um, I was always told that sometimes you just have to change the way you look at things. Mhm. Things don't have to change. Sometimes you just got to change how you look at things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna go through all these questions again and uh, <laughs> try to get it right then. Yeah, okay, but I'm gonna before I send it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a, a consultation though. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, appreciate you. All right. Okay, no doubt. Hey. All right, let's go to uh three one three seven zero four. Peace to the God. Three one three seven zero four. Yo. Three one zero four zero three. Yeah, open that mic. Three one zero four zero three. Peace to the God. What up, Joe? How you living, man? Good. How are you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. Um, I'll just get straight to it. Um, uh, third party debt collector cases. Like when you get when you get setting those up. Uh, say you got one that's um. Uh, they're not reporting on your credit or anything like that. They just sent you, you know, the the presentment letter. As far as when you actually finish your administrative process and you get them in the court to sue them, being that they haven't reported on your credit or anything like that, and there's no inquiries on your credit, what uh, is that? Can that really turn out to be a big case, or is that something that you probably just be able to, yeah, it, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. If you get them on violations like identity theft. Um, you know, um, FDCPA violations. There, there could be some TCPA violations for the telephone. There's all types of violations that you can still get them on. It don't have to be centered around your credit report. Credit, it just helps when they're in your credit. Because now you got a little extra leverage. You know, especially if you don't, you know, if, if you didn't do business with them. But that's not the end all be all, no. Okay. Okay. And would you recommend, you know, just hitting them in one case with all, like uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act, like, you know, telecommunications, all that stuff? Would you hit, or would you do separate cases for each? No, hit them all in the same Okay. No, what you do is, because you got to remember, all of those are federal. So if you decide to go into a federal court and sue sue for those violations, then they're going to look at all of those violations at the same time. So... 
you don't want to have it where you're suing them for three separate things when it's one issue. You know what I'm saying? Keep everything the same. You go into federal court and you bring it up. It appears that they got a violation of FDCPA. There appears to be a violation of FDCPA. There appears, you always use the word there appears. So even if it's not a violation um, in the eyes of the court, at least you said it appeared to be, and and you let them pick out of the three. Hey, it appeared to be a violation of all three, in my opinion, but I let the court decide. Yeah, yeah, I'm not telling them. Hey, okay. And then at what, like, once you get in there, you know, you file your complaint and everything and do all mm-hmm. that, it say, the, uh, say they just don't respond. And it's, you know, it gets past whatever it is, like 21 days or whatever. Like, once that happens, do you then just go in for summary judgment at that point? You say if they don't respond? Yeah, if they just never respond. Yeah, if you put a complaint into the court and they don't respond, then then after 20 days, you're supposed to automatically get a default judgment. But, I mean, do you have to move the court to do that, or should the court just automatically uh, do that? Uh, well, well, well so, sometimes um, the, the court will automatically give it to you, but, but you may have to motion for it. Okay. I would just gotcha. be scared. I'd gotcha. have the motion already ready to go. But most times, they're not going to miss that. Especially if you're dealing with somebody who's got an attorney. Most times, they're going to hit that deadline. Even if it's the day of right. the deadline. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I'm, a, I'm the deadline yeah, king. That's my nigga Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> that just came on. I got that. I got literally got his brief to him the day of. But he got it in and it worked. So, you know, I mean, it's it's all discretionary. Yeah, 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 and I know I used to, uh, I used to do auto insurance, like bodily injury stuff, and uh, I used to see those attorneys like walking up to the court, like they would, you know, they would call the bluff all the way up to the doors of the court, and then like yep. say, okay, let's settle. Like they just want to call your bluff and make sure you're willing to go in there before they exactly. even settle sometimes. And most yeah. times, that's what they're doing. They're trying to call your yeah. bluff to yeah. see if you're going to take it. How, how far you going to take it? And, and, and this is why yep. I tell people, even with a court satisfaction, man, if you do it correctly, man, most times these motherfuckers will settle with you out of court well, uh, you know, before y'all even get to, to a trial. Yep. Yeah. You know? and I, yeah, because I, I noticed, too, like, you wouldn't even, like, they would they would try to lowball you until you or your attorney actually filed. You know, actually filed a complaint, yep. and then they would start talking yep. some real money. You know, yeah, yep. that, that's, that's just how they did. That, I guess that's just to weed out, you know, to make it so not everybody's just coming at them. Of course, they gotta, man. They plus, that's, that's, plus, that's the name of the game, man. Pay as little yep. as possible. Keep the client yeah, happy. Yep. Pay as little as possible. You know, I mean, and then if we got to negotiate, we will. But and, know, and rack, and rack they, up your billable hours. That, that's right. So that. You know, but the whole thing is, is they they come in as low as possible to win that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, but according to satisfaction, it's a beautiful thing because, like I said, even with that, you know, if you got to go to court, more than likely they'll settle with you. I mean, you get paid for your damages plus you get the bill uh, extinguished. You know, so there's a lot of win wins 
you know, even with debt collection, man, with debt collection, I've seen them settle and give us, I, I think the biggest check we've gotten maybe from um, civil, from a civil case on the, on a the, on the district level, we made about $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, out of, that was out of court. That was a settlement. You know, smallest I've seen is, mm-hmm. is 1200 But, I mean, that's, you know. That's because that's you know one of my homeboys. He settled for that now. So now uh, here's one one I got for you now. Think about one I'm doing admin process on right now. It's just it's like a it was like for a two hundred fifty dollar debt. But what I realized I didn't even realize they were on my credit. And then I saw it. You know it said like open since two thousand fifteen. So I guess they've been on my credit for like three years. But I only got. Uh, you know the newest credit report, uh, but should I be able to get them for every month that they on there since 2015? Yep. Or would I need to go yep. back and get copies of yeah. all those credit no, reports? No, no, no. It's, 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 it could be retroactive, and it starts from the, the time you found out. You can go back to the beginning and start counting up from from okay. then up until up until now. So okay, so they've been on there like 37 months on two different reports, and that's a thousand. For each month, a lot of for bread. Each report. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Bread. Okay. I want to make sure I had that right. That's okay. how, yeah, that's how you get into federal court because then your damages um, go over seventy five thousand. Real easy. It's real easy to rack up damages like that. And then if you, yeah. and then if your state allows more, you, you put that in there. You know, and then we're, then we're talking about uh, you know. Um, you know, punitive damages and compensatory damages. There's a lot of shit you got to factor in when you're doing a case like that. There's a lot of money that's on the line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I went and tried to apply for an apartment and didn't get it. And because of that, my daughter had to go to a different school, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it's real. Yeah, yeah, that's real. That's what I'm saying. And, 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 that's, and that's real shit. So, so now your daughter is affected because she didn't get – she wasn't able to get the education that you desired for her to get. Right, which in turn mm-hmm. could affect her, 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 her financial um, future. Right, so they they got to account for right. all of that. That that's that's a, those are real damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, shit. All right. Once I get the paperwork all together, I'm gonna probably let y'all get a uh, get a consultation. Make sure it's all right before I put it in. But, all right. I got okay, a bunch of right? yeah. Nah, it's, it's Will. Oh, it's Will. Out here in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I know y'all niggas sound the same and shit, man. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Good to hear from you, though, Will. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, man. Okay, bro. I'll holler back. Peace to God. All right, peace. Peace. I always get them two brothers confused, man. They be sounding the same. All right, 503. Eight nine zero in the bottom line. Peace to the God. Definitely, uh, definitely got to say, Joy, you right, man. When you say about sometimes you have to look at things differently. Every time I listen to y'all show, I definitely have to challenge myself so I can learn. So I have to look at differently than what you know I'm thinking of it as. Especially when you look up words and stuff. You, you, you got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck, you know, being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to learn. Yeah, you got to change. Yeah, exactly. You have to change your thinking, you know. 
and um and it's, it's almost like a Rubik's cube, bro. So thank you. Yup. Yeah, and also you also got to do it when you change uh, when you trying to change your feelings about something, man. You know what I'm saying? When you change your perspective, you change your thoughts on it. That's how you change your feelings. And if you can speed up if you can yep. speed up that process, then you ain't got to be mad, depressed, uh, or mad, pissed off for very long. If you get good at that process of changing your thoughts on something, exactly. Yep, you're right. Yep, you're right about that. Yep. Now I got a question you for you, bro. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. The question is, um, well, which one of your products, man, uh, will help me get remedy to get rid of those student loans off of my uh, off the credit report? Uh, I would probably use third-party uh, debt collection uh, template uh, for, let's see here. You can either use FDCPA template, um, it's third-party debt collection webinar, or you can use the um, third-party letter that we got that Jonah did with, with the third-party webinar um, combined. So regardless, like, that's kind of an initial step. So what I would do is get the webinar, uh, third-party part one, uh, mm-hmm. before you get any documents, watch the webinar. Because mm-hmm. all the documents are shown in the web in that webinar. And then what you okay, could do then is, you just you address know, you address the credit report and not the third party debt collector. I mean the, the credit bureau and not the third party debt collector, correct? I address both. I address them both. Oh. Okay. You have to. Okay. So so you you're to. changing the letter up. A, so you're changing the the wording the the letter up a little bit, or are you saying the exact same, the exact same thing? No, we got. Oh no no, we got different letters. To deal, to deal with different circumstances So that's, that's why I say You gotta get the webinar Because what happens is is like Say for instance that Somebody's reporting in your credit Right mm-hmm. Or uh, Okay Let's say that um, With Sally Mae Got a loan from Sally Mae She didn't pay it So they sent it to a debt collector Now it's reporting in your credit That's under the FDCPA Fair Debt Collections Act Right But then let's say right. Somebody's um, So I got a letter for that but then let's say somebody's pulling your credit without the permission, and that's a hard inquiry. That's an FCRA violation. There's a letter for that. Mm. But then... Oh, okay. But then let's... You see what I'm saying? But, but then you may just have the issue of, um, you know, they may not be reporting my credit, but they calling me all the time. I got a mm-hmm. letter for that. Maybe they're not mm. calling you, but they're sending you letters now, and they're threatening to garnish mm. your wages. Okay, well then mm-hmm. we got a letter for that. That's the letter that Jonah did. So we got different letters for different situations. But this is why I always tell people mm-hmm. go buy the webinar so then you can learn mm-hmm. the initial basis of what we're teaching and then you can decide which letter is best for your situation. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm just dealing with basically just being on my credit report. They're not really sending me any letters anymore. They have, but yeah, not in the past year report. or so. Yeah, so they just need a credit report. What you need is third-party debt collection part one, and then uh, FDCPA letter. FDCPA, okay, all right. That'll get you straight. You start with that. Okay, cool. And uh, I, I would I would build off of that. You know, give give yourself a okay. little bit of time. Just make sure you study the material, bro. Because like, you know, it's doing the process is easy. 
But it's what happens after you do them that people, where people get stuck. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get the webinar and watch that motherfucker, dog, and you fall asleep. Ride around and listen to it. That's what I used to do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I'll be doing that, downloading the shows, listen to them. When, when I'm yep. I drive for a living, so I'll be listening to them while, while I'm driving and working. And then, you know what, you're going to laugh, man, what's funny. And then the live show will come on. I'll be ready to hit rewind. I'm like, oh, God damn, it's live. And I'm not forgetting <laughs> you know, that I'm on the yeah, live that's show. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I, I do that too. You, you, know, you, you know, a lot of our shows, well, all of them actually end up on podcasts. If you got podcasts right. on your phone, you can just download them right from podcasts, which makes it real convenient. Because then you can then, then you can skip through the shows right after we right. Um, yep. do them live. Yup. Yup. Exactly Maybe. what I be doing. That's what's up. All right. I ain't going to hold up the line, God. Okay, the God, other colors get on. Colors. Yep. Well, thank you. Peace to the gods. Yeah. All right. Let me um try to go back up here. Holla, my man. Like, quick. 757 274. Seven five seven two seven four. Nah, this nigga didn't text me, say ask me, I take his call and all of that. Alright. So more commerce dot com. We're at the end of the year, man. No more seminars this year. We will be in Atlanta though for the New Year's. If you wanna come out, celebrate with us. We're gonna be at the uh, Ritz Carlton. Actually, I think we're working on getting a venue by around the corner at another hotel. Um I I think it's the Hilton if I'm not mistaken. But um, we'll give you all more details if y'all want to come out and join us. Be happy to have y'all come out for the money rituals. Yeah, I know y'all got to wear a tux, though. Nice little suit. Ladies, got to come out. All right, 407 what up? Peace of the God, Joey. What's good, family? Peace. I'm just okay. kind of getting in. I'm just listening. I'm at the J-O-B, you know. I'm just calling to say what up, G. Everything good? Okay. Everything good. Peace of the God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to ask you about um, I was gonna ask you about um, shit. Shit just went in and out my head, Joey. That fun. <laughs> Damn. Um, I can't even remember what I was gonna ask you, Joey. Guess it wasn't that important. Um, <laughs> oh, I know what it was. <laughs> about remember that document. Um, we had that conversation. You said you were going to send me that document the brother had sent well, to you guys. I've been sent that document to you. What are we talking about? No, 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 no. Not that document. I still ain't get that document, but I ain't uh, talking about that. I've been sent that to you. What are we talking about? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I probably got it. I ain't true about that. Uh, remember, um, I'll check it. A brother had sent, um, you guys, you and Jonah. Um, I guess some documents about the names of how they call people, and um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot the name of the document. Yeah, yeah. Are you supposed to hit, yeah. hit me with that document? Look, I, I was trying to hit email. you up to see what's up with the document. All right, and I, I, all right. I had to find the email. Be honest with you. That's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll be so busy, I'll be forgetting and shit. But um. Send me a, send me I'll a hit you up anyways. 
because my um, my pretrial for my case is next week. So when I go through it, um, I already filed all my paperwork. So when I go through it, um, I give you a holler and see what's the next step we got to go through. So, okay. sure. No doubt. Oh, yeah, all right, Joey, peace be God. Like, yeah, you remember that. In the, in the old. Yeah, yeah. So everything's on the record. So I mean, so we're going to see what's the next move when we go to court, what they're trying to say. I put a challenge in jurisdiction. Because I was trying to figure out, yeah, you know, know, like we was talking yeah, about motion. Yeah, I, 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 I told y'all Orange County moves, man. You know, Orange County is one of those <laughs> counties where, you know, they, they, well, they do everything the same. Yeah, they, they do everything the same way. I mean, you know, I, I yeah. that's how I can tell you their procedures because I know what the fuck they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You was on point. You was on point. when you whatever yeah. Everything you said, even to the chick coming to talk to you in the courtroom, yeah. that shit was exact. It's almost like a script in there. It's like the shit's scripted. The lady comes talk to you, tell you, oh, you shouldn't be talking mm-hmm. to the judge that way. You might want to give mm-hmm. an attorney. You're like, what, what the fuck is this? You know what just came to uh, my yeah. mind, Joey? I what? thought about something because I'm about to go to pretrial, right? Um, And I was thinking, like, what if, if the judge tries – I got all my paperwork on the record. I did a motion to challenge jurisdiction, right? <laughs> because they never approved jurisdiction, so I don't know how we're going forward. But if the judge preliminary hearing because he tried to put in the motion, I mean, a judgment for me, or a not guilty, but I didn't agree, I think and I never signed to anything. I don't think you understand. Run that. Pre-trial is part, pre-trial is part of the court rules. You need to you need to mm-hmm. go read the Orange County court rules. They're required to do a pretrial, and they will either dismiss. No, 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 no. I said the wrong thing. I didn't mean. I said arraignment. I'm sorry, arraignment. <clears throat> right during arraignment, he made. Uh, huh? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say they're doing arraignment. He made what? Oh no, no. Yeah, I said he made a ruling during arraignment. You know, I didn't agree. I said I don't agree with Rebut because you're practicing law from the bench, but he put in a not guilty plea. Now, when I'm saying when I go to pretrial, if he tries to bring any that up as saying a jurisdictional thing, you know what I'm hey, saying? Said, I didn't agree to it. You object to it, but you just object to it. Objection. True, true, true. And I got my well, stenographer, object, so you're not going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make an objection for the record. That's all. Okay, for sure, for sure. Yeah, even in that court, if you do lose, you appeal it. But normally with Orange County, right when you, right mm-hmm. when you get the trial, they'll just look. You were telling know. me that shit. I think, yeah, You're I telling think it happened. Yeah, because the prosecutor is not even speaking, G, it's the judges. And when Jonah said yeah, that they studying, that's how gonna be the you were telling me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the whole time. Prosecutor's not going to say anything. The judge is going to try to try to attempt to scare you. Yeah. And then at the last minute, when it's time for them to present all their evidence on the day of trial, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to call you up, but then they're going to dismiss it. They're going to do what's, what's called a no-lay prosecute. I promise you that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, we're going to rock it. We're going to go to the end so I can get testify on this shit. Because, yeah, I got no everything doubt. on the record. You know what I mean? So no we ready. We ready. No for sure. Give me Probably talk. peace to the God, man. I will. Okay, no God, doubt. Peace. All right, peace. peace.
Uh, let's go to 503-890. Hey, peace to God again. Uh, Joey, I forgot hey. I had a question from my boy. It's a health question. Um, do one of your products or any other herbs uh, that you can ingest um, health with uh, eczema? How do you say it? Eczema? Eczema? Yeah. That skin uh, yep. That skin thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to naturalsherbs.com, we actually have a, um, a, a skin detox on there. Um, and it, it actually okay. does, it works really well. It, it helps clear your face and shit up. Because a skin condition is a blood condition. So if it's if he's got mm-hmm. uh, eczema and shit like that, the first thing I recommend is not the teeth for the skin. It's the blood teeth. He needs to get the teeth for the blood and clean his. He needs to clean his blood first, and then he needs to get mm-hmm. the teeth that we got for the skin. So he needs to clean his blood first, and then the stuff for his skin. Yes, because a, is that what you just a said? Skin condition is a, yes, a skin condition is a blood condition. You got mess. If your mm, skin is fucked okay. up, it's because it's because your blood is dirty. You got to clean your blood. People don't really mm, okay. find the correlation with with, with that, but you know your skin is your body's biggest organ. Right. Okay. Okay. And you said your website again is uh what natural natural herbs. Natural. Yeah, natural with an S. Herbs. Okay. Dot com. Okay. All right. Hey, brother. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, we do free health consultations, y'all. So, if you wanna, if you want a health consultation, you can book that on naturalsherbs.com. Those are actually free. Six one two four three four. Peace. Hey. Peace. Peace. What's going on? Maintaining, bro. Hey, uh, hey, I fuck with hindsight, man. I fuck with uh, evolution radio. I just want to say that for the record, man. Like, 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 I like you, about success, about success, fam. Like our lane and me and my brother's lane, fam. Like everybody else got their own avenue as far as uh, getting the same end result, fam. But like this, this our lane, fam. This our lane. This is where. Our spirit led us to, you know what I'm saying? And shit, I'm in this shit all the way. At first, I was like half stepping, but now it's like I still be having like other business things and, you know what I'm saying, other financial uh, stress, you know what I mean, to worry about. But like, this is where it's at. Well, you know, part of life. That's that's part of life. I mean, nigga, I do too. Shit, I got, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be a real nigga if you didn't have other shit going on. You know what I mean? Right, oh God. I I don't think nobody should let this shit consume 100% of their life. At all, right? Um, it, it consumes about about eighty five percent of mine, just because it, it's my job. But right. man, let me tell you something, bro. When I was just studying this shit, man, I I was trying to find a balance too. But I think that once you get in it, it becomes part of your life in the practice. Um, right. you know what we teaching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like man, it's on on me, man. Like I I booked a consultation with uh what I came, we built, you know what I'm saying, and then uh I bought some info from Joan. I bought the con uh the injunction template with the webinar, you know what I'm saying? Because I know y'all keep banging on us about uh that the injunction is really our protection, and that's the most important step. You know what I'm saying, and all of this shit. Yep. And then I'm uh. Yep. 
phone book a consultation with you, then I'm gonna just end up grabbing that uh that business webinar. But I gotta I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna still uh do the CPN and shit with Hakeem. I'm gonna grab his shit and I'm gonna do the knowledge of that and then and I'm gonna keep moving forward as far as uh because like I don't see no other way out, fam. Like everybody else uh everybody else broke. Everybody else broke. I ain't trying to be broke. I'm trying to change my conditions. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, where you at? Where you keep it moving, man. Me, I'm in Minnesota. So, yeah, it's definitely not a lot of people in Minnesota on this information. You said what? Not a lot of people in Minnesota on this information. I know a few females out there that that be on it. Oh, okay. Yep. No, it's just it's just me. It's a, Yeah, it's a small circle, fam. It's a real small group of people that mm-hmm. that's aware of this. Even some of my people that's a part of like uh, the nation of gods and nerves, they don't they don't know a lot of this. And if they do, some of them it's like, oh no, nah. you know what I'm saying? They still stuck on uh, 120. You know what I mean? You oh, gotta go beyond oh, yeah, 120. I already know. I already know. A lot of the five percenters, man, they gotta come up and and and, and get with this new knowledge, just like a lot of the more. Oh God. Yeah. No, absolutely. But no, I mean, man. I, 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 I studied under all of that shit, bro. Five percent nation, nation of Islam. Christianity, nigga. I study on all of that shit, bro. I tell you, all of these niggas are behind the eight ball. Even the damn um, Mason, yeah, bro. Damn, shit. Is... Why they all U.S. citizens? <laughs> but then, you know? but then everybody shooting that nationality shit. Me and my little brother being here really banging, like, like, like as far as coexisting, fam. Like, like ain't shit, ain't shit else really important, fam. If you ain't if you ain't no person that really exists, fam, then you're not going to be able to, like, That's like right. you're still going to be, right. you know what I mean? You, you fit your fictitious yeah. individual. So you got to, oh, like, yeah, man, absolutely. you need your nationality. You That's right. You, you wouldn't believe what kind of doors it opens up for you, man. Nationality, game changer. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, nah, that's all I wanted to say, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ten toes down with this shit, man. Like, I'm for real. Like, 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 man, yeah. this, this. This is my school, fam. I don't go nowhere else, fam. I ain't paying for no college, fam. I might pay for some online courses or something, but this this school right here, fam, this is my school, fam. <laughs> right, so, yeah, no doubt. Evolution Radio. No doubt. You know what I mean? Peace, dog. Peace, peace, G. Peace. All right. Uh, one more, one more. Two six seven six zero one. Peace to the God. Peace, Joey. What's going on? How you feel, bro? Good, good. How are you? Peace to the guys. I'm good. This uh, this brother Jabril L from uh, Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you remember me. Um, yeah, I see the two six seven. I I just about to ask you. Yeah, yeah. How you doing, bro? Good to talk to y'all, man. Good to good to uh, talk to you. Everything's fine. And uh, um, Likewise. first and foremost, I do want to say that uh, this is the top 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 ten top hands down. This is the best station uh, as far as you know, getting the real remedy, real information. I just gotta get you all that. Cause even like I told you before in the past, I came in this, I came into the light just uh, like 22, 23, really, really getting into the information um, through Taj Tariq Bay and O R B Bay. Huh? Where the fuck you been Hello? at anyway? Where you been at, nigga? I ain't even a minute. I'm sorry, Joey. Say it again. I didn't hear you. I said, I said, nigga, where have you been? Oh, I've, oh, I've been, I've been, uh, I just been working, man. I've been around. I'm around. I'm, I'm still around. I've just been, uh, just been working. I actually started my own company. I got okay. a business, uh, moving. Company. Hello. 
Okay, that's what's up. Congratulations. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen you really been. I haven't really seen you building online like that. So that's why I was asking. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As far as that, yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah, I, uh, I still do the Instagram thing. Might post here and there, but I don't. Like I said, I don't do too much with the Facebook. I might post up here and there, like just good information. But oh yeah, I, I mean, as far as in a private, I've been getting busy, brother. I mean, uh, as far as me just learning, yeah, just getting like. Just, just been uh like I said, I study every day, bro. I don't stop. So, but I did want to throw this out here. I do want to throw this out here. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, if you don't mind, um, I did get put on by uh, Tosh Tariq Bay and Ari Bay and them. But like I said, after my brother used to listen to y'all, um, or Yusuf L for a while, then Jonah Bay, and that's why I said I eventually got put yeah. on to y'all. He told me listen to Rules of the Game or whatever. Then I found about Jonah Bay. You know, yeah. of course, you know, I found about yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, me and you start yeah. busting it up and stuff. But y'all been the truth ever since. I'm just being real with you. It's just like y'all no, actually get details okay. of how to give remedies. You hear me? Yeah, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that, bro. For real, because you know we uh we went a long I went a long time helping people when we wasn't getting remedies before I even started um, doing business with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like my nigga, when I was mm-hmm. over there with Ali Muhammad. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with him. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was over there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, even when I was rocking with Yusef, I, a lot of people don't know that. I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was over there with Yusef, man, uh, when Jonah first got over. Matter of fact, I think I, I think I had a show over there right around the time. I got a show over there right around the time Jonah got a show. We both had shows over there. But I was I was a student of Yusef for about a year, man, prior to that. And, man, I, I just thought Yusef was okay. talking the most. Dope shit, and then we, and then I ran into Jonah, and I was like, "Oh shit, this nigga Yusef ain't really getting this nigga Yusef is water watering shit down too." <laughs> right, it's almost like he dumbing it down. Right, I know what you Come mean. On, like man. you see the light, yeah. it's the same. I seen it. I said, "Hold on, Jonah yeah, giving you know, like the." Come on, man. No, it was just almost like Jonah is, is giving you the detail, and I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. See, see the thing about it. And, and and once you've been in this long enough, it's not mm-hmm. hard to see it. But Yusef talked a lot about trust, trust law, mm-hmm. right, and all of that. But, but the whole thing about trust is how the fuck you gonna have a trust and talk about trust when you ain't got no money? True, true. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with you, Jabril. Nobody on here should be listening to nobody who ain't up at least a couple million dollars. Mm, that's real, brother. I'm at least, on that. at <laughs> least, bro. And at, at least, no, I mean, now, how are we gonna say we more nigga? We got all this information. <laughs> ain't nobody up a couple million. At least. No, you're right. <laughs> that's real, brother. That's, that's <laughs> a great point. For that's real, man. <laughs> and yeah, then I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of broke ass teachers. I don't want to be talking about nobody that's broke. What the fuck did you teach me? I'm all, I'm all, listen, the way I look at it, nigga, if I'm already broke, what are you going to teach me when you're broke? Facts. Facts of life. You're absolutely right. Come on, bro. I mean, even with the money ain't everything, but not having it is. <laughs> you're right about that. I just wanted, I just wanted to throw in there, even you, even off what you just said, that makes so much sense. Y'all teach stuff. Basically, I mean, I even see like the, like the stuff y'all teach. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's evident. It's clear that you get remedy. Not only that, but if you know what you're doing, you can save money. Y'all teaching how? Y'all teaching us how to save money. Literally, 
save money, Yo, know the system. Because you save exactly. money when you know how to do your own affairs. You can save money. You don't got to go to yes, the attorney. Yes, it is it's perfect, bro. I'm loving it. Like y'all, y'all my world right now. I'm just being real. Like it was spiritually meant for me to run that, it to you, uh, to y'all. You hear me? I appreciate that, man. You know, it's it, all this shit yeah, spiritual, man. I met, I, I met a lot of brothers and sisters around the country doing this work, man. And it's a lot of good people out here, man, who, who's who's trying to free themselves, man. So just being able to help somebody get rid of you, like like you heard the brother earlier, he, I helped him out with his brief, man. We did a whole brief. And a judge shook mm. his hand. Oh wow! How often does it happen? That never happens, man. The judge shakes your hand. The prosecutor, the prosecutor wants to know what, uh, how how the brief was put together so well. Come on, man. That's that's wow. remedy, bro. Beautiful. That's beautiful. They not that's, even doing shit like that coming out of law school. Not at all. Not at all. Y'all yeah, ain't never right now, bro. in a law school. <laughs> never stepped a foot in a law school. But you know what, though? It's the beauty of, 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 of our people, bro. We already good at shit. We naturally good at it. So we don't have to try very hard. Mm-hmm, that's that's also our problem, too. We get lazy. Oh, you're right. Because we know we so good at shit. <laughs> Nigga be nice to the motherfucker that's with a basketball, but too lazy to go to practice. Two grades go pray. Yeah, you're right, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I don't got <laughs> the people that's around me. The people that's around me, Joey, is crazy because I'm, I'm out here in Philadelphia, right in the city of Philadelphia. But I just be feeling like I'm walking around a bunch of zombies. Yeah, I'm right here in Philadelphia, Germantown section. No, nah, you, no, nah, nah, you mean Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> you say Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, for real, Yeah. That can make some, yeah, but it's crazy. But I'm just saying, it's just like, it seems like it just, I'll be feeling like the people I'm around, you know, a lot of people ain't into this info that I'm around. And I, it's like I'm the only one out of my homies that actually put six, seven years in. I mean, I was looking at crazy for a minute. But now, it's like I can help everybody else around me if they actually want this information. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't believe mm-hmm. horses. Mm-hmm. It's just fucked up. It's like how I only got this in my head, and I know how to operate. But people around me because you like was the one stuff. because because you the leader, bro. See, this information creates leaders of leaders. Followers. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody else right. to be my follower. I want I want y'all to all be the leader of a leader. I'm a leader, I, and I'm gonna teach y'all how to be leaders too. But everybody ain't gonna be a leader, fam. And and I, and I think right. that that's what you're seeing is that there is a distinction between people who um are gonna be sheep forever. And then niggas that's going to lead the shit. And you just happen to mm-hmm. be one of them right. people, bro. You're right. You, and you, you know, know I'm going to tell you know, this story, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You already know. When you're a cancer, man, you like super in tune and we shit, pay, you know? So I, you I, know we, yeah, very much yeah, so. Mm-hmm. We also is intuitive, too. I'm sorry. I, I, I know this. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, intuition be on point. Be on, be on point. Yeah. I'll tell you a story, right? I, I, I have a cousin. Mm-hmm. I have two cousins. And about mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago, um, I was kind of in my early stages of this information. So I remember we had Thanksgiving dinner. I'm trying to put everybody on. I'm, I'm eating right and shit. I got my quinoa. I got all my shit, right? And I'm trying to put niggas on mm-hmm. information, tell niggas about it. Niggas is laughing at me. And my cousins, mm-hmm. they laughing at me, right? Niggas, you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about, man. That's just bullshit, man. You ain't need to be that shit long before you go to jail, yada, yada. Niggas. Let's fast mm. forward seven years later. 
and my cousins are, are, are now on the information, and mm-hmm. they they went the opposite way of conscious. You know, you can go two ways when you're conscious. You can either go the broke way or or the way of getting money, the commerce, the commerce way. My my cousin my cousin my cousin finally got on the information, and and they broke the shit now. But now they're on the information. So now the tables have turned, but now they want to come to me mm-hmm. because now they want to know how to how how do how do we turn this this private shit into money? How do we how do we get on our commerce shit? No, 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 I can't teach y'all niggas seven years ago. Y'all ain't wanna listen. Mm. How about that? <laughs> so I I'm only telling you that story just so you know, bro. Mm-hmm. y'all not alone, bro. I I've dealt with the same shit with my own family and family members mm-hmm. and I and I see niggas now and be like Nigga, I tried to tell you. Right. I tried to tell Niggas you on your top, like, years ago. Come on, bro. Bro, I started out doing nationality with my niggas. Me and my niggas was, was on this journey, you know what I'm saying, just trying to figure out how to get rid of student loans and shit, bro. I started this journey with my niggas. And I'm the only one next to my nigga Soup who's still on this information on a consistent basis. Because we yeah. live this mm. shit. Yeah. Jonah, Akeem, yeah. my nigga Soup, he be at all the seminars with me. We live this shit, man. It's just because it's an integral part of our life now. So it ain't just a, you know what I'm saying, we study and then put the shit down, go do, man, go play the game. Nah, nigga, we study and y'all then we study it. some more. I listen to y'all on the regular. Y'all living this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like, you know, I'm going to tell you, I, for me, this shit became my life, nigga, when I stopped working fully. Like, I was already teaching it, but I became fully entrenched in it, nigga, when I became fully um, independent of a job. That's mm-hmm. when it starts, to be honest with you. Because then, cause then, cause then you have to figure out how to properly do commerce. And you say, okay, well, shit, I can start the business. I want to make some money with the business. You know how to start unincorporated businesses. So you know how to clean your credit. So you start learning how to do shit for yourself. Sometimes because you ain't got the money to pay somebody else. That's true. Yep. Yep. Man, we all all on the same path, bro. You know, especially if you Mm -hmm. on this information, man. You know, I ain't no different from nobody else, bro. It's just I I, I kept going to the point where I became the teacher. You see what I'm saying? Respect. I still listen to Jonah's show. Yeah, Jonah's still one of my teachers. We business partners, but we even still one of my teachers too. No nah, respect, yeah. No nah, respect. I, I'm just honored that you, you know, you like my age and you want it how you want it. Cause you just feel like a, a people we like people our age they need to be on. You know what I'm saying it's like that, yo. We just like for real, for real. Yeah, we I'm gotta be the old heads. Thirty year olds are the new. Even, yeah. We gotta be the new old heads. Yep, yep, yep. Even all women. Even our women. It's so, yeah, it's, right. yeah it, yo, it's so hard to find a lot of them that's on this information. So, you know, m- more brothers get on this information, or women follow suit. That's that's true. Hey, hey Joey, let me you know? add, let me throw this in here real fast. Uh, you said something. You talking to the last two bro- last brother about no late prosequay. Heard you mention yep. it. Yeah, yep. that's that's funny. You right on point, bro. Because that's what they put in when I, you know, for my case. <laughs> they, the, the prosecuting attorney never said nothing when I was going in there. But next thing you know, they wound up putting the no late prosecute. Uh, wound up putting that yep. in. I looked at my docket sheet. Yep. It was over. Case dismissed. 
and they walked out with an HP, I my nigga, half a pound of yeah. Reggie out my house. So you know, I'm you know what I'm saying? You. So it's real. I was like, and even all my homies couldn't believe it. Like, hold on, you ain't take the deal. They knew I ain't take the deal. They like, hold on. So it's over. I showed them my docket sheet. It's over. But let me let me let me say this though. I did do an administrative process, and I put in the challenges jurisdiction as well. And I also uh, when yeah, the no warrant doubt. out when I stopped going to, I sent the warrant back to them and put do not consent, no contract, and they never came to my house or nothing. Literally all red, forty five degree angle. Good. You know and I never yep. used the notice. Yep. I use I use uh, people. I use three witnesses with a thumbprint and a Moorish name. So, <laughs> right, so a couple exactly. days I'm starting I, to find I, I like out. It. It's all about it's all about just knowing, like you said, it's more than one way to skin a cat, but you have to be right and exact in your procedure. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. That's, that's all. That's right. So, I, I agree with what you did. And, and I don't find no problem in that. I mean, you won your case. Mm-hmm. It worked, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So I just want to say, but, yeah, but thanks bro. to y'all. y'all you getting that remedy. I, I actually would like to meet you, too, one day, brother, you and the team. I'm about to say, uh, if I could come out to the Atlanta New Year's. You said something about New Year's. New Year's. Yeah, so we're doing. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's open to the public if people would like to come out. We're going to be in Atlanta for New Year's. I think we're either going to be at the Ritz Carlton downtown or we're going to be at the Hilton. I got to talk to Jonah and see if he booked the um the main room for everybody. If not, we'll do our money ritual at the at the um at at the uh, the Ritz. But um everybody's invited who wants to come out. Um all you got to do is just make sure you um re- reach out to us. You know, a couple of days prior, make sure you get all the information on what time we're starting and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're gonna try to announce everything more. Oh, okay. No, that's perfect. I could definitely make it there. I got a homeboy who lives in Stone Mill and um I mean he, he do good as good as far as commerce, but he needs his information. I mean he a beast in commerce, bro. Young guy too. That's I mean, I'm being real with you. He like do network advertisement. He real good in that whole game. But he don't know this information like I know it. It's like I'm good at this information, mm-hmm. I could bring him to this, but he could show me how to get commerce. It's like we both got a gift, a, a gift we can give each other. You know what I'm saying? He need to learn the law. And learn yeah, no doubt. He makes some good money, bro, but he don't know how to protect asset. He don't know about the law. You know what I mean? He just spend money and get it and not to make it. He good. He good at that with commerce. Yo, it's, it's so, a lot know. of cats out there like that, man. You know, you got um real estate cat, Jay Morrison, right? Dude, real dope. Mm-hmm. Know a lot about, you know, a lot about real estate, all the public shit. But in the private, on the private side, that nigga don't know nothing about Trump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a gift and a curse. Another, right? yeah. yeah, it's a gift and a curse, man. You know, it's like we got, we, we kind of got an advantage because we're coming from the public into the private, right? And then you can go back into the public once you learn the private, depending on, depending on how you move. Facts. Facts, bro. That's beautiful how you put that. That's facts, yeah, because that's basically what happened to me. I, I, like you said, we already introduced to the public coming fresh out of our mother's womb. Now we learn this private stuff. Right. We can go back to the public and feel good. Like, I can move. Yeah, I you, move. Yeah, you kind of play, uh, yeah, yeah, play, like, secret agent, double identity type shit, you know. You got multiple identities, my nigga. You move back and forth. Yeah. A little bit of John Wick plays 007. A little, little bit mm-hmm. of anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, real talk. No, I, 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 oh, by the way, we're I had the Philly too in February. Put that out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be in. Oh yeah. yeah I'm a, uh, I'm yeah, a, I, I've got New York. 
Yep, I got New York playing for January. We're going to be in New York in January. We'll be in Philly in in February. Oh, that's perfect. That's love. Uh, okay, yeah, that's love. I'm definitely going to make sure I keep uh, keep my ears open to that for the date. I'll definitely make sure okay, I tune into that for no sure. Doubt. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you calling, bro. It was good to holler at you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. I had to tune in, man. Yup, yup, yep, I had to. It was only right, brother. Oh, for sure, man. You too, God. I appreciate the whole family, whole whole new evolution family. Okay, no doubt. Appreciate you too, bro. Make sure you stay in touch. Reach out to me. All right, peace to the guys. I will, brother. Take it easy, Joey. All right, peace to the God. All right. All right, it's a good brother right there. All right. All right, man. That's the show. I appreciate everybody, man. Y'all been a good audience tonight, man. Y'all was, um, Real captivating and all that good shit, right? So make sure you go to more commerce, makemorecommerce.com, m a k e m o o r, commerce.com. Do some commerce with me. I got a lot of orders and people I got to take care of this week. So if you had any orders last week or the week before, appreciate your patience. I'll be getting a lot of stuff out this week. I've been really swamped. So stay patient with me. Reach out if you haven't heard from me. Don't hesitate. All right? And um, I got a couple consults. I know we got to knock out. So if you're on my consult list, also please make sure you reach out if you have not heard from me. Um, try to reach out to everybody. With that being said, I'm going to say peace to the God. Make sure that y'all tune in Friday to Open Forum Friday. Man, John the Bay be on. And tomorrow morning, please, please, please support Dr. Osset on Awake with Osset, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. Go to makemorecommerce.com if you want to holler at me, set up a consultation, get some products. Don't forget you can go to naturalsherbs.com and get that healing, get the natural detoxes on, clean your skin. Skin condition is a blood condition, right? We need to do a show on that, talk a little bit more about that. Get get some of my health people on. We ain't went into health in a while. Really important topic, man. Don't none of this shit mean nothing if your health sucks, right? You had the nicest haircut in the world, bruh. You're full of shit, and you're full of shit, right? <laughs> all right, I'm up out of here. I'm going to say peace to the guys, man. Make sure y'all get with me, all right? Peace.
You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation.